The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to another fun, action-packed edition of the Very Poorly Made Police Memes Podcast. I'm your host, Lenny. How are you guys? I hope this podcast finds you well. My good buddy, Ben, with thoughts of a patrol officer. Over on YouTube, he joins the podcast again for the millionth time. And our main topic on this podcast was First Amendment-type issues. After listening to it, I realized there were several points I wish I would have made that I thought of when I was listening to it, and... The the issue is so complex as when it comes to cops and First Amendment. We probably could have talked for hours about it, and there's so many different angles to think about. So hopefully this uh, episode's enlightening and it's fun and just gives you something to think about. We also uh, take a phone call, answer some of the questions I got on Instagram. We even discuss the N-word. So as always, it was always good to talk to Ben. I think you guys will enjoy the podcast. Before we get into it, i got to give big thanks to Heroes Honor. Heroes Honor is an apparel and accessories business created for first responders by first responders. Cool, comfortable clothing with an aim to give back to the communities we serve. They will assist any agency with fundraising. Just reach out. Custom shirts, hats, and other items are available. Contact them at info at heroeshonor.com for more information. Use coupon code PMPM for 15% off your order. In addition to their custom orders, they also got a ton of great stuff over on their website, heroeshonor.com. And I wanted to talk a little bit about them. When anybody reaches out and they want to be a sponsor on the podcast or on the page, I I do my best to vet and I, I check these guys out. And what I learned about Heroes Honor is their origin is back in 2020, several St. Louis area officers had been shot and otherwise injured in the line of duty. After the events, several bogus fundraisers showed up and they made t-shirts and all kinds of stuff with these officers' names. The problem was the companies were just lining their own pockets. None of the money was going to the the officers or families. So Heroes Honor set out to be different. A portion of their profits are donated each quarter to various charities, and you can check out the charities on their website, heroeshonor.com. So definitely check these folks out. Good people. All right, with that said, let's hop right into the podcast. After a tune from my good buddy Greenwood, a.k.a. Brownlow, this is his song, Time's Ticking, and we'll be right back with the meat of the podcast. You got a few nights till you're taking your flight back home. We only hop a one day cause all the others work no play. Let's hit the road. We're gonna make the best. 
And now the moment you've been waiting for, the moment you've been longing for, we're all here today to thank him for his service. I have been with thoughts of a patrol officer. Buddy, how are you? I'm good, Lenny. How are you today, buddy? Um, I'm better than yesterday. I was being a little <laughs> bitch yesterday. It happens. It is what it is. You know, this is not what we were going to talk about, but can we talk about a story about being a little bitch? Uh, sure. I would love to hear it. All right. So one of my first jobs, I was a dishwasher at a truck stop diner, which has <laughs> stories upon itself. I used to, I know you're a little bit older than me, but do you, you know of Lincoln Park, right? Yeah, of course. All right. <laughs> I'm not ancient. Well, I mean, sometimes you act like it. <laughs> but but uh, so I I like Lincoln Park when the, the first record came out and the second record was really good, too. But then uh, I just kind of fell off a little bit and I thought they were kind of like whiny bitches. Right. Okay. And and they kind of are a little bit. But. Uh, I was washing dishes and this guy was playing Lincoln Park. I'm like, oh, these guys are a bunch of whiny bitches. And he's like, yeah, bro. So are we, though. And I kind of thought about it and I listened to the records again. I'm like, maybe I am a whiny bitch. I am a whiny bitch. Because the uh, lyrics resonated with you. Yeah. You know, I can't say that I've ever listened to the lyrics of Lincoln Park. Uh, yeah, now, to be completely to be fair, Young Lincoln Park, like to me, the first two records are like really good. Everything after that got a little too, I don't know, a little too not what I liked, I guess. I, I don't know. They had a few songs hit or miss from there, but the first two CDs were really good to me. I like them. I still listen to them every once in a while. But yeah, because of that, like, you know, you listen to like in the end and he's, you know, bitching about a breakup or whatever. And uh, I mean. I don't know. Like when you're a teenager too, like I was a teenager. So you were probably like 40 and fighting wherever you were. <laughs> I was in Iraq. Yeah. You were in Iraq and out of my ass crack. And I'm fucking working for $5 an hour at a truck stop in Northeast Colorado. But dude, these are all country songs. Everything out of your mouth is a country song. You know that everything almost except Some of the stuff there's comes no out country songs on other. <laughs> no, that's, that's a Canadian song. Uh, I actually got a message the other day and some guy's like, dude, you really need to figure out how to say that. I'm like, I know. <laughs> it's so weird. It is so weird. It's well, going to like, kill my career. I grew up with a guy who, um, and like in Ohio, people from Pennsylvania speak a slightly different version of English, but it's not much. It's kind of like your author. Um, he would say pillow, like it had an E in it instead of an I, like yeah. pillow. And he would also say milk, like M-E-L-K, milk. It was funny. It's it's kind of weird mean. where you pick up different things. My dad is from New York. And for a long time, I don't know if he still says it, but like when he said Colorado, he'd say Colorado. Hmm. He's from New York. Okay. Like he'd say it with this like Southern draw. And, and he told me that the reason he talks the way he does is when he was in the army, he was with a bunch of Southern boys and he picked it up. Yeah, so he has this really weird accent, I guess. And uh, but when he goes back east and he's with his brothers and sisters, you you catch that a little bit. The East Coast so it's kind of interesting. You talk sometimes like the people you're with, if that makes sense. No, it does. You pick up the dialect for sure. Yeah. So maybe people in people in Iowa can't say other. I don't know. Well, you're not from Iowa. But I'm picking up their dialectic bag. That's what we just talked about. 
I had I've met other people from Iowa and they don't say other. Okay, well, that's apparently it's, it's a me thing. <laughs> you know what it is? Is there's like um, <laughs> it's such a bad analogy, but there's like little dribbles in your brain, and because uh, they made dribbles. it all the way, yeah, they made it all the way up to your brain from that time. They the started dribbles. in my ass and they went all the way. <laughs> <in my brain. laughs> but like when you're when you're trying to talk and like it there's a signal that goes up to your brain. It's like, Hey, he wants to say this word. And they're like pulling the levers. And there, there's this one, he's either kind of stupid or he's drunk or high. And every time that you go to say other, he's like, ha ha. And he pulls the other, the other uh, lever. And it's like, other. And you're like, you're trying not to, but you can't help it. And it's because there's a gerbil up in your brain. It's that I, I I'm sorry. The gerbil was bad. Um, yeah. He's scratching his way to get out. Um, <laughs> It, it is interesting though, because you can get so in your head about about different things. Is like when I used to play little league baseball, I'd be like, "All right, I'm not going to pull the ball. I'm not going to pull the ball. I'm not going to pull my head." Did fine in practice, thinking about it. Got up to the game, fucking pulled my head, pulled the ball every single time. You know, that's I, funny. You just get into those. You brought up country music, and again, this isn't what we're supposed to be talking about. But you'd think I'd listen to a lot of country since I moved out here, and I kind of stopped but every once in a while i'll listen to country music and i think it's like a well-known thing new country music is god awful yes it doesn't count bro what's with the fucking drone tracks and country songs now and like the bass and shit i can't take it out the thing that pisses me off is that some of the singers who are i what i consider pretty country are doing it like i heard some song i couldn't tell you what the song is but i i turned to my wife i'm like why the fuck is this on my country music station? And she goes, it's Milan, it's Miranda Lambert. And I, I had no idea. It's, it's, it's a disgrace. Uh, you know, we, we're, we're going to talk about the N word later, maybe. Um, so maybe bringing up Morgan Wallen's a good timing, but he has a new song, which I'm listening to. And it's, it could be excellent. It could be a great song, but it's just got this fucking stupid drum beat. And I'm like, I want to listen to fucking country music. Stop, you dumb assholes. I don't know. I don't it, listen to the radio much anymore. Well, you don't have a lot of choices out in Iowa. No, you just Bluetooth your phone in. Well, sometimes that doesn't always work, okay? <laughs> all right. Not all of us aren't making you know the big bucks and uh, fancy YouTubers or whatever you do. Right. I guess we should, uh, we should get to what we're talking about. Here's kind of where we're at as far as the topic for this podcast is, and you guys know, I, well, you might not know, I, I put out like a short mini podcast and I even put something on YouTube about, uh, it was like a couple Saturdays ago now, by the time this podcast comes out, probably like a month, but I was getting like throttled hard. Like it was crazy, like no views, no nothing. And, and again, I'm just a meme page, but when I'm trying to also be a business, that can be very problematic. And I talked about that. A great extent but i i didn't want to just think okay there there has to be something more to it you know maybe my memes suck maybe i'm not as funny as i used to be maybe there's something else and i, I remember a long time ago somebody said something to me like hey i love your memes i can't share or i, I share them in my our group chat all the time but you know i never share them and i don't like them because it might break department policy and so i put a poll on instagram and I got to be honest, I was shocked. Like 48% of the people on there said, no, I don't like or comment on memes just in the fear that somehow it gets tied to me. Somehow I might be breaking policy. So I found that to be pretty damn interesting. And 
then I got to kind of thinking about, you know, commonly we, you know, we've had conversations about it, like cops. I don't think cops get a fair shake as far as their, their first amendment. I also think sometimes people say some dumbass shit and I can't believe they're surprised they got in trouble by it. So there, there's kind of that line in the sand, but it, it's kind of an interesting topic. I agree. It, it's very broad. And I love broads. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to get canceled for that. Um, yeah. You well, said way worse. Yeah, I have said way worse. Um, real quick, I'm trying a new beer. It's called The Prospector by Zigmeister Amber Ale. It's pretty good. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know what that had to do with broad and free speech, but I'm trying it and it tastes good. I'm drinking coffee out of my favorite uh, poorly made police memes coffee mug. You know, you're better at doing that than I am. Like I do podcasts all the time and I have like a million mugs down here and I never think to say something like that. Oh, I'm drinking beer out of my mug. I thought you were going to say I'm better at drinking coffee than you. It's not a competition, Ben. <laughs> That's all right, Lenny. I I I, have, I need to up my coffee coffee consumption. But anyway, back back to the task at hand. So before I go on my rant, what what's kind of your stance as far as cops and First Amendment rights? Are you of the opinion that they kind of get trampled, or what do you think? No, I do. And like your opening, you brought up so many things. It's hard for me to to do them justice that's what she um said. would you say i said that's what she said <laughs> um i mean i to start off kind of how you were what brought this on to you and being throttled um i can say i can tell you i mean it's hard to prove this stuff but i am quite certain that the same thing is happening to me on my body camera channel um at this time last year i was averaging a hundred thousand views per day. Um, you know, I was getting 2 million views per, per month. And, um, you know, every once in a while I would have a video that would come out that would kind of flop. And like the flop for me at that time would have been 20 or 30,000 views. I noticed, well, I took a month off in December. I stopped making videos. And then when I came back in January, January hit hard. Like first two or three videos came out and were like, two or 300,000 views in the first day. Um, those are huge numbers for a YouTube channel, the size of mine. Um, but it was like, it, I shot out the year, like a rocket. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be my year. This is fantastic. All of a sudden it, it was like someone cranked down on the spigot and it was just, my daily views were going down, down, down to the point where I had a video come out the other day and it was one that typically would do really well. It was two officers dealing with someone who has a mental illness. He was wearing peculiar clothes. He had like a motorcycle helmet with a mohawk on top. And that was on the thumbnail. And um, he had walked into a local business and he told him that he owned the place and that he was going to take posters off the wall. And those kinds of videos typically do pretty well because the officers didn't have any use as a force. It was a difficult run. Like people generally respond to that kind of video. Um, after 24 hours, it only had like 4,000 views and my daily views are down to about eight or 9,000. So I went from a hundred thousand daily views and this isn't just, um, what do you call it? Um, where they put you in front of people. These are actually people that click 
on the video and watched it. It's not impressions. My impressions were in the millions, like per day. My views went from 100,000 a day to 9,000 a day across my entire channel. So when you talk about being throttled, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm seeing it on my end as well. And I do feel strongly that there is a concerted effort to suppress a certain voice out there. And that's the voice that we have that's, that goes against the blue man bad narrative. Well, blue man is very bad. And, and here's a perfect example of it as far as the throttling goes. But, but I think there is, at least for Facebook and Instagram, I think there's more to it. I'm, I'm kind of a virgin when it comes to YouTube, so I don't know enough. But so I threw up 25 minutes ago that uh, we were going to do maybe a call-in show for this podcast. And at this point, it has 45 likes and it's reached not bad, like 2,000 accounts. I have a page of, you know, 120,000 people. So part of the problem though, and, and I'm not, I'm just saying this for educational. I'm not bitching. Um, people like, I, and I'll be honest too. Like I don't go out of my way to like stuff unless it's good. Like it's really good. And so if somebody sees this, they might not, they might just kind of scroll through like, ah, cool. Interesting. They're not going to hit the like button. But when you hit the like button, it kind of, branches out and maybe your friends see it or somebody else sees it. So, so on one hand, you're dealing, you know, I'm dealing with this throttling thing. And then on the other hand, when I bring up the like stuff, so on a meme, let's say I have a quote unquote, a a spicy meme. I was terrible Italian, but (laughs) I have a spicy meme ball and it has no views, no likes. And it's a really, I think it's a good meme. I'm finding out people because they don't want to violate their department's policy are going to look at that chuckle, maybe sent, you know, screenshot it, send it to their friends and then they don't hit like on it. And so that's another thing. I think another thing working, <laughs> working against us is people are maybe afraid to like and interact with certain things because their voice is suppressed because of the blue man, bad narrative. Yeah. It's they're pages like yours specifically because it's facebook and instagram it's like you're getting it from (laughs) from both ends um which is normally a great thing it would be um in an orgy but it's not this be like police week (laughs) it would be like police week do that oh there's things i can't say i've (laughs) never gone to a dc for police week so things that i would say would not be about me and i shouldn't say i'm here but uh yeah that exists there's babies being born. Oh, there are lots of police babies being born. This yeah. Or being conceived at this moment. <clears throat> We're recording it during the end of police week. So I'm sure people are ending it with a bang. I, I actually, I've never been either. I, I kind of want to go and do the tent city and have a booth, but uh, I don't know. We'll see that that could be something. I, so I kind of dove deeper and I went down this rabbit hole with the whole Well, the First Amendment issue, like, well, hey, look, you know, cops should have the right to think something's funny or say something about whatever they feel if they're off duty. Just because you're a cop doesn't mean you can't speak out against the government or you can't do this or that. And I I just want to be very clear where I'm coming from on this, because I think sometimes guys get this like weird 
it's kind of this weird balancing act because a private employer, at least any place I've worked, generally in their policy and procedure, something you read on the first day, it says, hey, if you do something horrendous off duty or, you know, whatever job it was, you could be fired for it. You know, if you got in trouble with the law or if you whatever. And as far as I know, that extends to social media. I mean, I've seen it before where somebody says something bad on social media and they work at some, you know, accounting firm and they get fucking shit canned. So I, I'm kind of a believer that as a cop, yes, we work for the government, but that doesn't necessarily mean our employee, i.e. the government, the police department, can't have some rules and guidelines in place. And what I don't like, and I, I understand that it's tough for the police department itself, is you basically have conduct unbecoming for some of that type of stuff. Or maybe you even have a stricter policy that in your policy and procedures, but conduct unbecoming is like the careless driving of policy, right? kind of covers everything and they can use that to their advantage, which I think is an issue that a lot of people have. But I also want to be very clear. I, I don't think it should be a free for all. If you're saying stuff that demeans the profession or demeans your, per, your department online, you kind of have what's coming to you. I mean, am I off base with that? No, you're not. Um, it's man, this is just such a, a wide topic. There's so many. <laughs> Thanks things. for not saying broad for me. I know. I would. I. I had to censor myself once again. Uh, didn't want to make another policy violation. But um, yeah, it's like you know, there's there's that stuff that you're talking about that, yeah, every every employer and every employee should be aware of what they're saying because there's a line, and you should know where that line is that you don't cross. Um regardless of who you are there it gets a little complicated because then with our job there's a whole nother there's like there's another layer that's like okay you know you're not you're not just an employee but you're a cop so you also these are the things that you should not say and then there's also kind of a i don't know how many layers i'm on but third or fourth that some government employers are trying to add and that's where i think that they're starting to cross that line like i'm not the one crossing the line they are and we won't know we won't know where that what the legal standing is on that until it's tested that's the part that's that's frustrating that is frustrating well there's i found this case called um pickering and I'll actually put a link to this article in the podcast description for anybody that's interesting to read through it, because I wanted to know, is there a line or if there's been a case or if this has been tested? Because I've heard things through the grapevine. Like I know a meme page got shut down for a meme they did because their department found out and the guy's gotten a bunch of trouble for it, which I don't know. I've seen a lot worse memes than that. Um, and that's memes are a fucking cartoon. Like it's a joke. I hate this. Um, I hate this idea that people can't have a sense of humor. I think you're allowed to have a sense of humor about things, even if it's quote unquote off color, because people are allowed to laugh at shit. Like, yeah, just because you have a a twisted sense of humor doesn't mean you can't be impartial, which I, that's another thing. Well, and there's also that part really kind of cracks me up because if you look at what today is like, oh my God, I can't believe that person said that or did that. Um, 10, 15 years ago, the the most woke 
person in the world, like the people who are now the most woke people that are like screaming to get people fired and everything, they were the ones saying that stuff 10, 15 years ago. Um, I think of someone like Sarah Silverman. <laughs> like, do you remember what she was like a couple years ago? Oh, yeah. Um, like, you want to talk about homophobic slurs? Uh, that was like 90% of her act, you know? And now she's the first one that if somebody says the slightest thing, and I, I don't have examples <laughs> because I don't want to get fired, Great but I, I don't even know. But there, there might be something that I say today that I, I'm not talking about. It will stay on the homophobic thing. If I said something today that I had no idea in five years was going to be related to homosexuality, but somebody dug it up and was like, oh, five years ago, he said this, like my ass is getting canned. And that is pretty fucked up. Or, or even if I say something and, you know, there's different, um, some things are kind of regional. Uh, like there might be a certain vernacular that's used out in your neck of the woods and a different one that's used out on the East coast and the West coast is totally different. And Texas is like its own continent. Um, if I say something here in Ohio and it means something completely different in Southern California, and this is current, somebody might come out and be like, Oh, look, officer Ben ups Ohio. He just did this, this, and this. And he was specifically making fun of these people. And it, it goes rampant and it's, it's insane. It's, it, it's just nuts. There's no, there's no common sense. So this article, it's in a publication called Haynes Boone. And the title of the article is a balancing of incomparable interests, the Pickering test and the first amendment rights of government employees written by Laura Prather and Alicia Pitts. I don't know how to cite things. So we're going to go with that. And like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to reference this article quite a bit and I'll put it a, obviously I'm not going to go through everything. And I did have um, our good friend, silent Bob read through. And he said, the stuff in here seems like it's legit. So the first article, the first paragraph kind of talks about the cancel culture and a careless comment can ruin reputations and create careers that have built, built over a lifetime. Kind of like you were talking about for private employers, it's their prerogative to take action against a tweet or a foolish Facebook comment. But when the government is the employer, they must abide by the first amendment. So what happens when government employees make divisive comments? Well, the court says it depends. And that's what sucks because it depends. Um, so they talk about an example of, a, and I actually never saw this, but in uh, June of 2020, a New York courts and sergeant posted photos on Facebook captioned the true American dream, appearing to depict former President Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton being hung. Although the post was made on a weekend and while off duty, its maker was quickly identified as a court employee appearing on her Facebook page in court uniform. Stop putting your fucking shit on Facebook, you idiots. In a matter of days, the post caused major uproar. So she got shit canned. And so it went to court. And I got this highlighted in here. Although government employees, like other Americans, have First Amendment rights, government employers are empowered to discipline their employees' speech to ensure the efficient operation of their offices. An employer, ba employer balancing these interests must weigh them carefully. So, you know what? Before we get into Pickering, what are your thoughts on that fucking Facebook post about, 
you know, the American dream and having old Hillary and Obama being hung. That's hard. I, it's That's not something said. that I would post, um, but I can understand how somebody would say that you're advocating for violence by sharing something like that. I mean, I can see how I could see how an employer would say across the line. I don't think it's a, it should be a terminating offense, you know, um, just because someone shared something, they might've, they might not have thought of it that way. They might've just said, well, you know, I view them as, um, traitors and traitors are hung. So that was just me saying that those people are traitors. I can understand that defense. And maybe it's just like, Hey, you said a dumb thing. Stop saying dumb things. We know some people, I'm sure we both know people that are really good people that say really dumb things regularly. And I don't think just saying a dumb thing or posting a dumb thing should mean that you lose your way to earn an income, feed your family. Uh, I agree. Depending on the level of dumb. Depending on the level of dumb. Because, because there's there's other places we can go. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was another thing I wanted to bring up. Not to go too far off topic. I don't think that one crossed it, though. I kind of think it did, to be honest with you. And like, I'm not obviously those aren't my two beloved um, president and attempted presidents. I don't like them either, but I could see as an employer how that could cause issues. So let's say that uh, I worked at Chipotle. I was a manager at Chipotle and one of my employees posted that be like, come on, that's stupid. Now everybody's going to go to Qdoba. Uh, I'm not good with that. I think you could get fired for that. I, it's hard though, because I, I'm struggling with it too, because it is a free speech type thing. Like it's, you're allowed to say things that people don't necessarily like, but there's that fine line when it comes to government, because you are like, we've been talking about you're, you're employed by the government, but also the government courts, like there has to be trust in the court system. Right. And that, you know, I could see that as a a quote unquote, a taxpayer, like, Hey, this fucking. Okay. So let's, let's say we had all the shit with, you know, Trump being hung and all kinds of shit people were posting. I didn't like that shit, but I, some of it, I was like, well, it is free speech, right? Like people are allowed to think that way. So it's, it's tough. It's a, it's a fine line. Me personally with that one specifically, I lean more towards like, that's fucking stupid. And what I wanted to bring up is, and maybe I'll get some pushback on this, but just think about this a little bit, just because you can, should you? And part two of that is Facebook and Instagram have given people a platform right and left where there's people will just post shit that they would never think of saying or doing in public, or they'll share stuff that, cause it's so easy. It's a click of the button and you're behind a computer. And I think it's given this ability for people to really show off how fucking stupid they are. It is. And man, this could, this, this tree has many branches. Yes. it does. Um, because there's a big part of me that is like a free speech absolutist that says, let people say what they want to say let racist people be racist publicly because I want to know who they are and I don't want to be around them. Um, by a lot of the censoring and stuff, people are self-censoring and they're hiding their true nature because they're afraid of certain backlash or getting, especially with social media and not, we're not segue away from employers for just a moment, 
but people are afraid that they're going to get banned from social media and have all their accounts shut down. So they won't say what they're really thinking. Um, and I think that that does us a disservice. You are um, right about that. You are absolutely right about that. Yeah. Um, now that's a whole nother world with a, with your employer, because yeah, you can post things that will not get you banned from social media, but you shouldn't do. And, and you were kind of touching on it. Um, things that specifically would compromise you in your job. I think that's a big deal. Um, you should not ever post <laughs> super things like that. I don't know. And like the thing that I get it, the thing that I'm trying to say the comments and, and posts that I see on Facebook and Instagram from like police officers that really kind of bother me that I'm like, you're being stupid. Like, don't fucking say that stuff is when, um, when there's an officer involved shooting and let's say, Oh, another one bites the dust or he got what he deserved or you know, like all that stuff. Don't fucking say that. Like, no, I, that's the, those are the ones that for me, that is something that could seriously affect your job because if you get in a shooting, that's going to come up and you can't be doing that. Yeah. But again, that it goes into that. Let's be honest, man. Like sometimes some of them fellers got what they deserve kind of shit. Right. Well, they right? do. But, but I'm talking okay, about like, so, and I'm just trying to, be, yeah, for the, I'm just trying to be provo provocative just for the point of being pro provocative because to think about it, but I agree, like just because you should or just because it is the right thing. But then you go and you censor yourself a little bit where we used to have the society and I'm not saying it was all good by any means because they're we always do these like fucking crazy sways. We never can balance. But we used to live in a society where like if a shit bag did something and they were doing shit bag things, hey, shit happens. Right. And but now, you know, we. We go to the point where, like, I just read an article. There's this huge payout of some guy that got hurt in a police chase of like $10 million from 10 years ago. And I, this was pre body camera, I think. The cops are saying he fucking tripped and fell. And his lawyers are saying, oh, yeah, he jumped on his back and blah, 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 and did all this shit. No one believes the cops, right? Like, everybody's like, oh, well, them fucking cops probably beat the shit out of him. So, you know, sometimes I'm like, look, these guys are fucking pulling guns on people. They're fucking doing all this crazy ass shit. Sometimes that shit happens because you don't know how to act. So inside, I want to say, well, you kind of got what he fucking deserved. But then you have to know you can't fucking say that out loud. And I think that goes to uh, there's no social decorum anymore. Like back to the yeah. you know Obama and Hillary thing. Like, yeah, they're not my two favorite people, but like, I don't want to go like way, way far off on a tangent here. Like, and maybe hear me out. So I remember writing two man with my buddy and this was back in the Obama years. And he said, man, if I ever got, you know, invited to go meet the president, I wouldn't fucking do it. I would It's the fucking president. It's an honor to go to the white house. I, I might have. just, well, okay. But hear me out. Look, I don't, like the guy. I don't think he's a great president. In fact, he caused a lot of the issues directly that we are having. But that's not how we solve things, right? By avoiding it. Where I hated, I fucking hate so much where during the Obama years, guys were like, oh, I wouldn't fucking go there. And then when people wouldn't go to visit Trump at the White House, the sports teams, all the people, quote unquote, on our side were like, I can't believe they're not going there. We did the fucking same thing with Obama. Shut up. 
I hate the double standards of it all. No, I understand where you're coming from. I didn't, <clears throat> I wasn't one of those people that were like, screw those guys. I was like, sweet. <laughs> like you don't want to go. Well, good. Good for you. You're not getting the publicity. Um, my, my thing, especially as a cop and like the whole, remember they had the, uh, the beer summit. Um, that was when was, everything went wrong. When that fucking guy wouldn't just show a cop his ID when a fucking alarm went off at his house. Yeah. That's where everything started. And it was a, a burglary in progress type call. Yeah. And the officers showed up, they ordered somebody on the porch that I think it was like, it looked like he was trying to open a window or something. Cause he was locked out of his house. They ordered him to the ground, put him in handcuffs and detained him. And it turned out he was the homeowner. And Obama came out and said that the cops acted stupidly in that situation. And uh, then afterwards, when he ate humble pie, he invited them to the White House for a beer summit. And I think this was before it was like super bad. I can't remember what year it was. This was like was maybe after maybe, Trayvon Martin or before. I think maybe which Trayvon shouldn't have had anything to do with cops. But I know um, this was right before um, Ferguson, I believe. OK, but like but my thing on it and it, it still would be to this day is that I don't want to be used as a prop in a photo op for that person. So I'm not going to go take part in that. I, I really don't care. And I'll, I'll, I'll make it public. I'll stand up and be like, Nope, I'm not going. <laughs> um, I've not gone to award ceremonies before for a similar reason. <laughs> so I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but yeah. I guess the point I was getting at is the lack of conversation in the country is an issue. So Maybe I get to go say, hey, uh, oh, bummer, you fuck this up. Or, you know, not that he would actually have a conversation with me, but I, maybe yeah. he would. I don't know. I'm just I, I think the lack of social decorum anymore is the problem where everything's Jerry Springer, even even real life politics is Jerry Springer now. And I'm just so tired of it. Oh, it is. And I'm not going to go on a complete different tangent because we need to bring it back. But <laughs> it is. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's get back to Pickering though. And part of this, I hope it's somewhat educational because I don't want to see anybody get in trouble for something stupid. And there's plenty of people out there that are going to say like, I don't care. I don't think this is right. I'm not going to abide by that. Hey, that's your call. I'm just trying to be helpful. Okay. So here's the, the prongs that Pickering had in the case. In evaluating a public employer's interest in promoting efficiency the courts examined several factors, including one, whether the speech or conduct impaired discipline by superiors or harmony among coworkers. Sounds like something normal out of a normal office or normal employer. Two, whether the speech or conduct had a detrimental relationship on close working relationships for which personal loyalty and confidence are necessary. And three, whether the speech or conduct impeded the performance of the speaker's job duties or interfered with the regular operations of the enterprise. As illustrated by the New York City Courts case, public employers' efficiency interests have been found to outweigh employees' First Amendment rights, which I didn't like that sentence. Um, but it's tough. Like, that whole thing is tough. I, I lean more towards, like, that's fucking stupid. Why are you putting that on your Facebook? You work in a courts. That could be problematic. I... I don't know. But then I, I come back to like, well, pe sometimes people do dumb shit and maybe they're not a bad person necessarily, which blue man, the world is very unforgiving to blue man. 
guy that robs a bank, guy that robs people, guys that sells dope. World gives him a second chance. Blue man, though. Ooh, blue man. You made a cartoon on Facebook that made some people sad. You're in big trouble. Yeah. Well, like a, a perfect example of that is oh, no, it's not a cartoon thing, but like um, I was thinking about this this morning. The the Jacob Blake incident was still bothering me. I, I think I saw a headline the other day that he's going to he's dropping his civil lawsuit against the department. Um, so God, I wonder why. Yeah, because he doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell. Um, but like, remember when that happened? There was a lot of major national political leaders that were calling him, showing up at his hospital, telling him how proud of him they are. <laughs> yeah. The, the fucking, I'll just say it, the fucking vice president of the United States gave a whole thing about, yeah, I talked to him and I told him I'm so proud of him and we're all pulling for him and blah, blah, blah. And how do they get away with that? Shit? I know. And like, but the police officers were the biggest racist pieces of shit that they've ever met in their lives. And mind you, these officers have kept their nose clean their entire lives. You know, you don't get this job with a record and you don't get this job. If you got a bunch of like, if you've got a, a, enough skeletons, your closet, they're going to come out at some point and hopefully before you get hired, but they're going to come out. This guy had like, felony arrest for freaking basically rape you know and he was in the middle of a kidnapping and all that he got the entire benefit of the doubt and the officers got zero and that's the world that we're in right now it's pretty great it's pretty great <sighs> yeah yeah it's on one hand like it's frustrating because i feel like the cops first amendment rights are suppressed and you know they want cops to be human and but they can't laugh at a meme that everybody knows it's off color it's just trying to blow off fucking steam right you're taking the ability for people to blow off steam and laugh that's a fucking problem yeah but then on the other hand i've seen some people comment some pretty fucking horrendous shit and then i click on their profile picture and when i say i've seen them comment i mean like on my page and they're in law enforcement and you you know they're your Facebook isn't locked down and you're fucking asking for trouble. I want people to interact and have a fun time on the page. And because that's good for me too. But at the same time, you have to be mindful of what you're fucking putting out there because fair or not the world we live in, you're not going to get a fair shake out of this stuff. The article kind of goes on to go over some more cases. I, I recommend everybody reads it because there's a lot of different stuff in that. I don't know. Did you do your homework? Did you read it? I did. I read it over multiple poops. Good for you. See, I pooped so long. I, I got that done in one, one poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were you able to stand up afterwards or did you have to like massage the back of your legs afterwards so you could walk? It wasn't that long. That's what she said. <laughs> um, uh, nah, man, that's, you know, not to go way off topic, but I feel like some guys poop for efficiency, which just sounds like you're an efficient pooper. Um, some people poop to hide. I poop to hide sometimes. Oh. The kids are okay. loud. I need a little bit of, you know, time away. Like, I'd always, like, people would go take a dump for work, and I'm like, dude, you got 15 minutes. No one's going to oh. question it. And people would fucking, like, be in and out. I'm like, what are you doing? Dude. Milk that shit. Can I tell you something? I would love nothing more. <laughs> So, um, I just two weeks ago got my first external vest carrier. So 
for the first decade plus a few months of my career, I was an internal vest guy. And I was so anal about my shirt being tucked in and tight that I wore like a shirt keeper. Um, and so it was like really tight and my, my shirt, and my vest didn't freaking move. So if I had to poop at work, it was awful. You know, I'd strip my belt, but I still have the vest on and it's got the shirt keeper. So it's, you know, you sit down and the vest pushes up into your throat and you, you can't get comfortable on there. And then when you got to wipe, you can't, you can't actually get your hand all the way around when you're wearing a vest. It's, it's painful. It's hard, right? And you're sweating. God, the sweat, sweat is horrible. But today it's my Monday. So I had a couple of days off and I ate like crap over the weekend, which means you come to work your first day, you're off schedule. And you're kind of full, you're kind of full of crap because you ate a lot of crap on your days off. I was able to go back to the sub, take off my belt, take off my vest. I felt like a regular person. I forgot I was at work. It was amazing. My first ever external vest poop. So you guys heard it here. The story of my first external vest poop. It was amazing. And it didn't take 15 minutes. The slow clap. Oh, man. If you're going to take a shit at work, fucking enjoy yourself. Okay. Yeah. But I couldn't for the first 10 years. It was horrible. No, you just don't know how to do it. You're not a pro. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> for 10 years, buddy. Um, so, yeah, the, the First Amendment stuff is a little bit tricky. And Would you want to go over some of the examples in the article? I would love to do that. Because I'm looking at them. And, like, what is it? The first one is some attorney saying that, another attorney in the state's attorney's office should be hung from a tree because he refused to do death penalty or something like that. And then there's another one saying that she would gladly smash into a school bus. If a school bus broke traffic laws, <laughs> like, why are you saying this stuff on fucking Facebook? You idiots. Yeah. And it's also like, yeah, dumbass. Like this isn't, these aren't complicated examples, you know? Um, it kind of cracks me up. Yeah, they are pretty funny. Well, let's see. There was a Texas attorney general left his employment after tweeting at work in support of QAnon. Mm. I don't really know anything about QAnon. I just know what the radio <laughs> says, but I don't really know what's actually what QAnon is. That's I don't the, really care. That's a hilarious thing that I used to re have to respond to people on my YouTube channel about that. I don't like. I don't know what videos I would post, and they'd be like, "Oh, you're a QAnon." Blah. I'm like, "Dude, I don't even know what the hell QAnon is." They're like, oh, in this day and age, how could you not possibly know? I'm like, because I'm not drinking out of the fucking same straw that you are in whatever corner of the internet that you fucking weirdos go to. Like, I don't know, but there's people that that know this organization inside out. And the there's the thing. Those same people will tell you that Antifa is an idea. It is not an organization. <laughs> and fuck those people. <laughs> Sir, you just said fuck Biden. You're not going to be employed tomorrow. <laughs> See, to me, a simple fuck Biden. You know what? I don't think they should be able to fire you for it. Like, I think you're allowed to say as a private citizen, I don't like the president of the United States. Fuck him. But if you put a cartoon of him hanging from a noose, I don't know. Like, you're kind of, maybe the line in the sand is crossed. I don't know. I just, and that's the other thing is, I wouldn't want my my children like they get in arguments with their their siblings. I don't know if you heard them. They're probably fighting right now. They get in fights all the time. If my kid drew a picture of him hanging his sibling, that would be a problem. Why are we acting like this as adults? Yeah. Um, 
sorry, I was reading an example, another one, because um, I got totally sidetracked. That was a great story, you fucking prick. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm like the worst friend ever. You're the I was best gonna... friend ever. You know what? Let me tell you about how he's such a good friend. Is uh, yesterday uh, was not a good day for uh, old Lenny. And I hit him up today. I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry about yesterday. I was kind of having a rough day. And you're such a good friend. You dropped everything. You said, fuck them kids. Fuck my wife and family. I'm going to come on your podcast. So there's no better friend than you. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for your service. You're a great friend, Ben. I did it for you. You did do it for me. I thought you did did it for me. You you know what? You you reminded me. I, I had a speech in my head yesterday. When we were we were texting back and forth about whether or not we're going to go together last night and, and everything, it sounded different than I meant it. Um, but you know, talking about, talking about this like social media suppression, and like you're feeling it, I'm feeling it. It we're getting it from both ends for a variety of different reasons, and it's it's weighing on you, and you're having to def- you know, you're you're weighing your future, right? Is that is that okay to say on this podcast? Yeah, that's okay to say. Yeah. Um, and I get that. And I am too, because at my work, we're so we're so short staffed that they're offering second day off overtime as much as you want it. So if I wanted to, I could work a 16 hour second day off shift and that would be over a hundred bucks an hour. And it's really hard for me to stay home and make YouTube videos for uh, on, let's see my hourly wage for the amount of work I put into it is probably a buck an hour maybe. Um, so I could stop doing this and go make a hundred bucks an hour if I wanted to, but there's a part of me that's like, you know what, if you're going to push against me, I'm going to push back fucking harder. And like, that's, that's where I am with this stuff. Like I took a week off last week. I only put out a couple videos and I just kind of relaxed you got you you called me and you're like hey you want to record i was like no i don't i my head's not in the right space just like you were yesterday and like i'm looking at my views getting fucking crushed and i'm looking at my channel thinking how it had such an upward trajectory and now it's basically barely afloat and just how aggravated i am and i'm just like you know what no like you guys are gonna fuck with me i'm gonna fuck with you back like you think you're gonna hold me down you've never seen anybody fight like that this stuff pisses me the fuck off <laughs> to no end like no we're gonna keep going so when you were feeling a little bit down and feeling like you you didn't know if you wanted to keep going with this thing like it's it's bothering you and it's not it doesn't have the growth that you expected to have i told you i understand where you're coming from but then today when you said hey are you free the reason i said yes i'll drop what i'm doing and i'm free is because what you're doing is important and fuck those guys for trying to keep you down. Like, I'm going to be there to help you push because that's what's important to do. Thanks for your service, Ben. <laughs> You're I welcome. was there for my wife when it was time to push. I'm sorry. I don't mean to like totally negate everything you just said because it was beautiful. And I don't know how to say to, I don't know how to deal with true and honest feelings. So I'm going to make jokes because <laughs> that's what I do. Um, but I was there, you know, to tell my wife to push after I impregnated her, whoever impregnated her. And then. It's a joke. Don't fucking get weird. And then um, what I did want to, I've been watching a lot of the office lately, a ton of the office, which is a typical millennial thing. Like when you're feeling down, you watch the office. 
And, you know, there's that episode where Michael Scott's dating Pam's mom. And so like, well, I'm just going to date her even harder. That's kind of like where I'm at right now. Like, I'm just going to fucking meme and make podcasts even harder. You fucks. Yeah. I don't know. Some of that stuff will come around. I think, I think, yeah. I think well, and, and honestly, room. like since I made the YouTube video and since I posted it on, on here too, it actually it just kind of went back to the status quo. It's not as great as I want it to be. Cause I, I, I do feel like my shit's getting suppressed, but I feel like I understand it now a little bit more. I know that there's not like quote unquote, the organic growth because people aren't clicking on shit because they don't want to get in trouble for it. I'm not going to get mad at them for, you know, like I've had guys send me messages like, Hey dude, I love your shit. I saw your post, but I don't like your post because I don't want to get in trouble for it. That's a decision people have to make. Like, I'm not going to be mad at them for it, but I know that hurts because more likes get you shared more. And I also know that blue man is bad and I post stuff that isn't, I don't think it's a secret. Like if you post stuff that they don't like, they're not going to put you to the forefront. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny too, is you, you do, you post, we've had conversations about some of the stuff you post. And I was like, man, I, I'm not a fan of that one, you know, <laughs> certain topics. It is what it is. And other people find it hilarious. That's fine. But then there's these groups that will, they will just try so hard to find something offensive about something. And that's got everybody on pins and needles. Um, like I, when <laughs> it's funny when, uh, 2020 happened the city that i work in was we hadn't had any controversy we hadn't had any bad shootings or anything everything was going good then the riots happened and um there were some uses of force out of the riots and all of a sudden it became we were the worst police officer police department in the country to the point that the mayor hired not hired an outside law firm to try to prosecute us and actually put up a, a tip line they, they designed a whole office with um, a whole, like a whole office staff to answer emails. And they set up a voicemail line so you could call in and complain about officers, all this other stuff. Oh, and, uh, and people were just like being nitpicky, trying to like anyone that they knew was a police officer, they would go through everything they've ever done, comb through it and try to find something. And a bunch of my stuff got screenshotted because I had like a friend of a friend who I had allowed into my life and, or at least on into my social media, because I was trying to convince him that blue man wasn't bad. This is pre 2020. Well, he went, he started going through all my stuff and he found this meme and uh, it was like posted on Twitter with my name and badge number and all this other stuff. And it said uh, the meme was, it was a, uh, it was like a German soldier, German world war II soldier or a soldier and, german world war ii outfit maybe i can't remember but it was sitting on the in the open door of a helicopter and the meme said at the top when you throw a communist out of a helicopter how long do they scream and then (laughs) you get to the bottom and it says for the rest of their life (laughs) and that was the meme it's a it's a german versus russia meme and it got screenshotted and sent to the city with my name on it saying that I am part of a extreme right wing organization and that I'm sharing an extreme ideology and all this other stuff. And to, and it was something that I probably shared in like 2013, you know, it, I don't know there, these people. So I understand 
the reason that some people are afraid to click like on some of your things because they make up reasons and send it in. And some of these um, cities and administrations are stupid enough to fall for it. Like, do you remember that uh, it was a SWAT team that posed with either like a prosecutor or some government official and they all did the okay, the upside down, like the finger circle thing. Do you remember that? And like, it got reported that they were all hiding a secret white suppression or white supremacist sign and they all got discipline out of it. I I've seen so much stuff like that. I, yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like it's just the, either it's the fucking game or you're just saying, yeah. okay, it, it, I, I don't even know where the fuck that came from. You really don't know where it came from. I don't. Is it actually um, like a racist sign? No, it's not. What's that um, that hacker group that uh, oh, anonymous? Shit. I don't think it's anonymous. Hip hop anonymous. No. <laughs> it. You always give me the hard ones. Oh, I'm trying to think. It's they have a web page that they leaked all the. Uh, the cell phone hackings with all those naked celebrities. They're the ones that leaked it. Oh, disgusting. Where? Yeah, I can't remember. It, it, it's a weird acronym. It, rhy- it reminds me of QAnon, but it's not QAnon. But what they did was they actually, they, they set out to do this on purpose to make fun of people. They're like, hey, let's pull this prank on the internet. And so all these people got together and they started spreading this false information that the okay sign or the finger game thing is a uh, closet handshake for white supremacists. And they, it got spread around the internet literally as a joke to show how gullible people are that they'll just believe anything. And not only did it get believed, but now you can actually get fired for doing it, even though it's not a thing. I really miss that game. <laughs> it was a fun game, wasn't it? Because it was supposed to stand for like the W and then the loop in your finger was a P for white power. That's what they said. God, I didn't know that. I never heard that whole story. Yep. I never, I never dove that deep into it. Yeah. So guys were getting in trouble and they had no idea that this group pranked the world. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So something else came out of this, uh, this first amendment thing, which I, I find interesting is the use of the N word. And somebody sent me a, a question and I kind of talked to him a little bit, but basically the, the idea behind it is why, why can some people say the N word and some people can't. And I got to thinking about that and I don't know the white man's obsession with being able to say that word. Like, I don't care that I can't say that word. I, maybe I'm wrong for that but I literally do not care. I have no reason I'd want to say that word. Uh, the, the reference that was given is I guess some guy was like a rapper and he happened to be white and he worked for a police department and he said that word and he got in trouble where other people would say that word and they got did not get any discipline. So I'm kind of of the opinion, like maybe we should just let this one go. And, and this is, Oh, you know, it's one of those things like if I see a group of folks saying that white or black, I just assume they're ignorant, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, 
when you're when you were going down the lines of why are white people obsessed with trying to figure out how they can say that word the the only counter i have is why are other people obsessed with saying it all the time like every third word out of their mouth like i hear it a lot every day during my shift it gets thrown around you know and i don't understand why why a word that seems to be completely okay all of a sudden it is not when the wrong person says it. That's the part that, and I'm not, I'm also not looking for the opportunity to say it because it's, it's not part of my vocabulary. It's funny. Like, even if I wanted to say it, there's such a, um, it like a resistance that it's almost like a spell. Like, you know, when you watch TV shows or something, when someone has a spell on them to prevent them from talking, you can see them trying to talk. Like if I were to say that, try to say that word, it's such an unnatural feeling. It would take an effort. For me to produce that word at this point because of everything the the way everything is gone it's nuts for me there's no reason to say it no there, there's absolutely no reason to say it and uh, i feel like they're and this is like an american thing right where like it is testing boundaries and like well i you know i want to be able to or what why like we we can constantly repeat history and going over the same dumb shit over and over again but look if you're a white dude just don't say it i don't know like i don't know what to tell yeah. you like is it right maybe not i don't know but why do you even care why do you need to say it there's a hundred thousand words that you can use in a sentence millions of words maybe yeah why well, do you have to use that word why would you want to use that word i just i don't understand i have I have more of a problem and that, that goes back to let people use their words and show their true feelings publicly rather than suppressing them because people will just find a new word for it. Um, I've found it on my YouTube channel. Like I'll see in the comments. Um, I mean, it, well, it's, it's straight up racism. I'll describe it. Like if I have a, a video that I put up where it's a black person doing something completely insane, just, god awful they're they're an idiot for whatever the hell it is that they're doing the comments will be they'll they'll be racial in nature there'll be a, a lot of them and i'm i ban the fuck out of these people <laughs> like i don't even i don't delete the comment i just ban you forever for making these comments but like i'll see a lot of stuff where they'll be like why can't they'll they try to sound smart they'll be like why can't black people act normal sometimes i'll let some of those slide and i'll or i'll comment like stop being an idiot but there's People will call them, they'll call them joggers. And that's, I've never even heard that yet. It, you know, it didn't dawn on me until I started seeing it a lot. Like I would see it freaking 20 comments in a row would all be about that. They would be that word over and over and over again. Joggers being joggers, this, that, this, that. Okay. You know what? Why don't you just say the freaking word then? Like don't hide, hide the fact of who you are. But when they do that, they all get banned. <laughs> that could be one, could be one of the reasons that my stuff seems to be getting suppressed is because I'm banning thousands of people from commenting. But I, you know what, I, I could probably speak to that a little bit. Is I went through, I don't know why, and and I brought this up before, and nothing happened. So hopefully, knock on wood, it happens again. But I went through a phase where like I was getting trolled pretty hard, and I just I would just ban and delete people, delete it, right? Uh, you know, and it's funny because here we are talking about free speech and, and I'll be straight up like I don't want poorly made police memes to be 
somewhere where you go through and scroll the comments and see the blue man yeah. bad stuff that well poorly made police memes is not free speech poorly made police memes is a stupid place for cops yeah. to vent and crack it's, some jokes it's also it's, like a coffee shop you know what i mean like i'm sitting in the coffee shop doing some memes with some other like-minded people and i don't want some other some assholes to come in and start disrupting the coffee shop kick their ass out that's not free speech so yeah freaking ban their ass like let us hang out and have a moment where we don't have to deal with those idiots and then we go back out in the street and it is what it is. Yeah. That's, that's exactly my, my rationale behind it because we hear it or I heard it every day. You see it on newspaper articles. You see it everywhere else. Can there just be one corner of the internet where we have a place, (laughs) a safe space triggered, but you know what I mean though? Uh, and I hate putting it that way, but I, I guess you could call it that. And I don't really care. Like, I'm, I just don't want it to be a place where it's space. not fun. It is right. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it is the same. Like it's like the fucking definition. And every time oh, I think is. about it, I don't like it. But well, the at f- the same time, I, I think cops more than not everybody, obviously, like, I don't want people to be like, you know, there's, there's people that hate, you know, entire ethnic groups of people. Like we're not an ethnic group, but Let's be honest, man. A lot of people hate cops. It's nice to just have a place where we can just fucking have a place, you know? Yeah. yeah well, it's topic. That's a topic for next time. Yeah. I can go on. Um, I wanted, I got something highlighted in the article I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Is, you know, we're talking about all this stuff like, hey, you do this, you're going to get shit canned. And according to this Supreme Court decision, it, it, it'll stand. Um, there's another one, the Las Vegas SWAT sniper. Did you see that comment or do you have it on the top of your mind? Um, uh, I don't think I remember seeing it, but I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, it said Las Vegas SWAT sniper who opined on Facebook that it was a shame, quote unquote shame, a suspect who had shot at a police officer did not have any holes in him. And he was... Um, he was a supervisor and he was demoted to the rank of an officer due to his comment that someone who had shot a police officer was apprehended without being shot himself. And uh, he actually, he was demoted and he sued. Um, Initially the court applied the Pickering test and upheld the department's decision, but then the ninth circuit reversed holding a factual and factual issues on both Pinkerington prongs per, precluded judgment for either party so and but it was, isn't that isn't that the same comment as he you know he got as he deserved just he didn't get what he deserved yeah well and maybe what i was saying is i i still don't like seeing those kind of things and i also i would advise this guy that i don't like seeing that kind of comment either um, because our our goal is to arrest people and not go out and shoot them and I, I can understand why a department would come down on him because that does put you in a compromising position. It makes it look like, you know, we're out there hunting people down to shoot them. Um, but it's encouraging that maybe he was just emotional and maybe he knew the officer that was shot and he was speaking out of anger and out of emotion when he went on Facebook and he made that comment. So it's encouraging that the court recognizes that there's room for that kind of thing. I agree with that. This is kind of an interesting thing I just thought about is the thing about Facebook 
when Facebook came about and Instagram and stuff, I don't think they, and Twitter and everything, didn't the people behind it didn't really fully comprehend the fallout of everything. And here's my piece of advice, because I got to be honest, um, and I've gotten better at it. I'm not perfect, but sometimes I'm having a shit fucking day and I will make a meme or I will say something or on my private or, you know, poorly made. And I say it because I'm frustrated or upset or, or whatever it is, but maybe Facebook, Instagram, social media, isn't the place for that. And you can, you absolutely can, but what's going to end up being better venting to somebody. And we talk about this all the time, as far as speech and inflection and tone and like you brought up the emotional part of that that should maybe be a conversation with your buddies afterwards or Mm -hmm. with a spouse or whoever you talk to and find comfort in because when you put that out to the world the, the emotion is taken out of it it's just text and words you can't really tell sometimes what the intent is despite the words right like we've all been to that stupid class where they're like you know 85 percent of you know of communication is body language we don't have mm-hmm. body language on social media so maybe something we can get out of that is if you have something emotional to say and god i know i'm not perfect maybe social media isn't the right place to put that out yeah when it used to be um you know before you send that email, <laughs> go for a walk, come back, you know, drink a glass of ice water, read that email, and then decide if you're going to send it. You know, that was before social media. That was back when you were in diapers. And <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> and now, now it's like, all right, I'm going to be pooping for the next seven minutes. I'm going to say something and post it. And then you get up and you forget your phone's in your pocket for the next three hours. You forgot what you said and the world's blowing up. So, there's that i'll give you a perfect example of it is today which again this will be like a week old but i posted one of my favorite memes in a long time which was the uh, the roman orgy depicting police week yeah i sure uh (laughs) and that's not what that started out to be um that started out as a post where i was gonna kind of share my thoughts on disrespecting the uniform and the badge and I started typing it and I thought about it a lot. And I said, this isn't going to convey the message I want it to in text. And people come to meme, not to read. So I'm just going to make a stupid meme, kind of poking fun a little bit at that. That'll be a little more enjoyable. And right or wrong, that, that was kind of like, for me, it was kind of a grown-up moment today. Where like yesterday, uh, I was not having a good day. And I, you know, I post this PTSD meme, which is real, real. And I, I think a lot of people know where I'm coming from, but is that helpful? Like to, to get on your page, you know, on your page and see, oh, that sucks. Huh, guess I'll have another drink. I, that's, you know, I'm an overthinker. We've talked about that. That's something I think about. But sometimes the emotionally charged shit on Facebook and Instagram is really what gets people into trouble. Like if you're involved in a major incident, for God's sakes, don't go read the news article. 
Don't mm. go read the comments and please do not comment on the comments because nothing is good to that. It's going to come out of that. And there's potential people are going to figure out who you are. Yeah. I, I've had um, officers responding to comments on my videos where the officer is the one in the video <laughs> and I'll like delete them and then call the guy or send him a text or however I can get a hold of him. I'm like, bro, stop it. <laughs> like, let me handle that. Let me use my name to do that. Like, yeah, don't do that stuff. It's, it sucks. Yeah, it's, it's tough, but then it gets back into that, that entire first amendment issue. Um, I'm going to crack a joke about a guy I used to work with because he started saying so much ridiculous stuff on my page that I actually fucking banned him from my page. Cause he's an idiot. <laughs> and I remember there was a news article about our department and like he was one of these guys that would spell his name backwards so people couldn't figure it out. Well, somebody would like recognized him and was like, hey, aren't you the guy involved in this and shared a news article of something he got in trouble for? Um, so he was not like a super bright guy when it came to shit like that. Like, but on the same hand, you have to say like, okay, well, it's hard to sit back there. And we talked about it um, with uh, Sergeant Mattingly. It's, it was hard for him to sit back there and watch all this fucking false information come out. That sucks too. I, I totally get that, but you're not going to win in the comments. I'm just telling you right now, you're not going to win people over in the comments generally. Like yeah. if you're, if you have something to say, you have to kind of play the game and do it the right way. And that goes into a whole nother debate about, you know, police departments withholding information for months and days and weeks. Yeah. Just, just fucking get it out. You know, what's funny is um, your story reminded me of something I posted just yesterday on my Instagram. Um, it, did you see the one where it had the officer spraying that guy in the face with the Mark nine uh, mace? I did not see that one. Okay. So um, several years ago, and this was probably just after Ferguson. So there's a lot of riot pictures and stuff out there. There's a, oh, yes, I did see that actually. Yeah, yes. There's a picture of a police officer spraying this dude point blank in the face with a Mark nine pepper, which a Mark nine mace container is basically a fire extinguisher. You're point blank firing some firing mace in someone's face with a fire extinguisher. It's the party can. Yeah. And the dude is wearing a shirt that says fuck the police. So the so the officers just stand there point blank hose in this guy. And that was my profile picture for a little while. And uh there was a shooting that occurred on my with my department and my my department posted something about it on Facebook and people started calling the officers cowards. And it was one of those ones where the of course the shooting occurred at an after hours bar at three 30 in the morning on a part of town that is very well known for having documented gang problems. I'm so pretty sure they were the just morning, reading the Bible, sir. Yes, that dude, I'm not even kidding. That's what his grandmother told the newspaper. It was <laughs> said. So it's an after hours bar in a very well-documented gang area at three 30 in the morning for people who don't know what an after hours bar is. The bars close at one 30 or two. These people all go to these private clubs and continue to get fucking hammered. And, and then shoot when each other, yeah, they start shooting each other. So um, a call came out 
about somebody in the parking lot firing a gun in the air. The officers walked over the car and they see the driver who was described as the guy who had the gun sitting in the car with a gun in his lap. They put him at gunpoint, tell him not to move or, you know, whatever it is. And they end up shooting the guy. He lived, but they ended up shooting him. Um, turns out he had a concealed weapons permit. So the story became, and this was from these, like, you know, there's insane people on every side of every argument. The, the absolutely fucking dog shit, insane second amendment people that have, that don't take common sense into account for anything. They're like, Oh, these fucking cops are just cowards. They see a guy with a gun. They just start fucking blasting for no reason, whatever. They completely forgot about the part that it was three 30 in the morning. He was probably extremely intoxicated and also had just fired his gun up in the air and was not responding to commands by the police officers, you know? And, but yeah, I, so I was responding to some of those comments with my profile that actually I think had my full name because this is before we all got cool and started changing our names. <laughs> and uh, I had the picture of a police officer spraying someone in the face and that person's shirt said, fuck the police. And uh, I was calling people cowards because it's like, I was like, you don't have the balls to stand in front of that officer and say this to him. And you, and I, I told him everyone knew what sub he worked at. I was like, here's what you do. You go to that sub, you request a ride along for that officer. And then you watch how he does his job and you can tell him through his entire eight hour shift, how everything he did was wrong. And by the way, you have to call him a coward every single time he gets out of his car. That was basically the back and forth I had. And so I checked my email and I had an email from our public affairs officer. He was actually a sergeant. And all it said was in the title of the email, it said Facebook. And in the body of the email, it says, call me as soon as you read this message. <laughs> so and I, I called him and I left a message which I, I said, Hey, sir, or Sarge, or whatever. I was like, you know, I know why you sent me this email. I apologize. I'll go delete my comments right now. And they never called me back. So I wasn't in any real trouble over it. But um, the really funny thing is that that particular um, sergeant was later put in prison for child pornography. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That's the world we live in. It's uh, it's strange times, man. But I don't know. I mean, so that was a little while ago. Do you think that was a good idea? Would you still do it again? No, I don't do that stuff anymore. Do you think we should be able to do that, though? Should be able to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I generally agree. I just but don't it, because just... I don't want a target on my back. That's another thing. It's <clears throat> when I say it's scary out there, I'm not I'm not making it up. Um, like you can do the slightest thing and have a legitimate target on your back. And this isn't just a target for harassment. Like this is a target, like people will want to kill you because people are worked up in such a fever because blue man is bad that when they find one that the rage mob has decided is a bad one, that they will literally try to kill you. And it's, <laughs> it's not worth it. Somebody once sent me a message and said, Hey, do you know where Darren Wilson is? Which, yeah, dude, I fucking know where Darren Wilson is. Um, we exchange letters. We exchange letters, you know, like we're, we're pen pals. I, I send them Iowa postcards. I don't know the dude, like just 
you know, it's like the whole thing, like, oh, do you know my uncle Bill, who's a cop four states away in the 40s? Yeah, I know Bill. He's a great guy. Um, but A, I don't know where he is. And the other part is like, you should try and get him on the podcast. No, absolutely not. Under no circumstances. Not because I don't want to hear what he has to say. I don't want people to have the slightest inclination where he is or what he's doing or whatever. Like if they figure out where that guy is, they'll kill him. And his family. Yeah. Like I have no doubts about that. And by the way, what did he do wrong? Exactly. Yeah. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't. And and the justice justice department said that they went and Mm -hmm. said all these horrible things about his police department, but they went through and they said, yeah, he didn't, can't charge me to do anything wrong yeah no it's but blue man is bad and facts don't matter and god it just it, not to go too off topic but that's that's one of the things you know about doing what i do and i don't want this like be a sob story you know thanks for your service but god it gets old it gets old because I don't see anything changing. Like this is the new world we live in. And it's, I think it's just going to be shitty for cops. I think there's going to be places in the country where it's not. And there, you know, the big cities are going to be shitholes. Like nothing's going to change that. It's never going to get better for law enforcement because in my opinion, the world's changed. The world has changed to this. Um, cops have no leeway on anything. I think some guys have said some dumb fucking shit on the internet and like, I don't like, it sucks. You lost your job, but like, you gotta be fucking, you gotta be careful about that shit. Right. Like it's, it may not be right, but it's the fucking the way things are. And and I hate when things are the way they are and we can't, and this sounds shitty to say, but hear me out. You have to understand that if you want to die on the hill, I get it. I understand it, but you have to think about, you know, where's my income Am I going to be, take, be able to take care of my family? And you have to kind of weigh that risk. And if you're willing to say like, hey, I'm willing to post that picture of Nancy Pelosi being hung. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I think you could, you know, you could get, if you felt so strongly, you needed to get on social media. And this goes back, this is my personal opinion about social decorum. If you felt so strongly about Nancy Pelosi on social media, and I've, I made memes about her smelling like cat piss. Okay. So I'm not like high and tidy and she probably does smell like cat piss. I guarantee it. Guaranteed. Alcoholic smells like drunk cat piss. There's like no doubt. I actually lost a sponsor over that. <laughs> I remember you telling me that. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to get on Facebook and, and talk about Nancy Pelosi, then talk about Nancy Pelosi and, and why you don't like her and why the people in California shouldn't vote for her. I get the memes are funny sometimes, but you got to realize like in a law enforcement capacity, if you're posting shit like that, it doesn't reflect well on your department, right or wrong. And I think that's something you have to take into account too. Here's another part of this. And I don't even know what we've been talking about for the last half hour, but another segment of the whole first amendment type thing. When I think about the first amendment and why the first amendment was written, is because it was to guarantee your right as a citizen to criticize your government. Um, it, it was two things. It was your right to free, free practice of religion. So the government can't tell you what religion to practice and can't bar you from practicing your religion, but also that you can't be prosecuted. They can do that during the, the pandemic though. 
Yeah, yeah. First Amendment's uh, the Constitution goes on hold if there's a uh, bad flu. Um, <laughs> hey, Bill Gates said it. If Bill Gates said it, then it's the law. Yes. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you with my stupid joke. Continue. Yeah. So the First Amendment, it's so that the government can't tell you what religion you have to practice. They can't punish you for practicing your religion. They also can't punish you for criticizing the government. That's something that sets us apart from a lot of countries, or at least it did for a very long time. Now, what do you think about that when it comes to police officers? If, and, and you want to talk about like your moral stand, and this is the hill that you're willing to die on. What if your experience as a police officer should let you see things that most people don't get to see and most people are not aware of? And you feel that it's your responsibility to speak up and speak out against those things. But your employer has put a specific clause in their policies that say you will not, like basically thou shalt not speak bad of me. That is 100% a violation of the First Amendment. I agree. Like no doubt. To me, there's there's a a line in, I don't, I, sorry if I'm cutting you off if you have something to say, but uh, let's have a realistic conversation. Let's, let's skip over to the Second Amendment real quick, right? I, I think you and me are both pretty pro 2A people. Um, I think there's a lot of, <laughs> I think there's a lot of unnecessary gun laws, to be, to be frank with you. But I, I think we would both agree, uh, for the most part, felons should not have a firearm. Do you agree with that? Um. I think it should be a little bit more defined. I agree too, but let's just say if you're, like if you're uh, passing bad checks, that no, doesn't you preclude you from having a firearm. No, like I agree with that. I, yeah. Let's just say a violent felon. Yeah, violent. Really? Okay. Uh, not a domestic because that's nonviolent, but a violent, <laughs> uh, that'll be a joke forever now. But a violent felon, I think we're both in agreement that they should not own a firearm and that we should enforce these POWPO laws. Yeah, I don't think that is an unreasonable um, limitation. But it is a limitation. And so, and I know not everyone's going to agree with that assessment because I think it it's not completely unreasonable for somebody to say like, okay, well, hold on a second. This person went to jail. They served their time in prison. They've, they've paid their debt to society. Therefore, having them not being allowed to have a firearm that violates their rights. They can't have a firearm. So now to take that back to first amendment rights in this, you know, like the whole living and breathing document thing is, is always kind of has some controversy, but if you look at most amendments, I mean like unreasonable search and seizure, there's case law based on that where now we have all these little nuances. That's, this was kind of the way it is agree with it or disagree with it. That's the way it is. So when you, you bring it back to the first amendment, I look at it as, hey, look, I, I kind of think cops, this is the way I think about it. And this isn't like a legal standpoint or anything, but this is how I think about it. I think, I don't think it's unreasonable for a police department to basically lay on the same standards that you would have if you worked private security somewhere or you worked somewhere in the private sector. Like, hey, look, you can say what you want on social media, but if it reflects bad on the company, we have a right to say, no, we, you can't work for us now. Obviously there, there's the problem is, though. I'm going to interrupt where's you. The line in, where's the line in the sand is the problem. No, the problem is 
if you work for a private company, you say something that makes the company look bad, they can fire you because Google doesn't want Google employees making Google look bad. Now, when you work for the government and you see something that you're like, you know what? My government, my city, my city council, my mayor is doing something that is bad and I'm going to let the world know. What you're doing is you're saying something that makes them look bad. You're making the company look bad. It's different. Well, you're right about that. <laughs> about that specific part of it. You're absolutely right about that part of it. I was more thinking like, you know, what some like horrendous meme on Facebook, right? Like, yeah. you know, you post some like pro Hitler th- something. Well, you probably shouldn't be in law enforcement. Okay. I, yeah. I, you know, well, that's my free speech. Oh, dude, come on. You, you shouldn't be a cop. And that that's kind of what I'm getting at. But it's because there's so many caveats to it where it comes specifically to saying like, I don't approve of what my government is doing. I'm a citizen of this city, of this state. I don't approve of what the government's doing. As a law enforcement officer, that should not be suppressed. I, and if anybody gets fired for that, it's absolutely, in my opinion, a violation of the First Amendment. But yeah. if, again, if you're doing something horrendous, not criticizing the government, I think you're, you may be crossing a line, depending on what it is. But the other issue, too, is, and, and just, you know what, I don't want to, if you had more to say with that, say that, but I'll, I want to circle to something else before we leave this topic. Yeah, well, and because the the part that we just got into now, that is what I consider to be the First Amendment conversation. Like, you're not going out there saying racist or incendiary things that are ill thought through, you know, but I can also tell you that there are a variety of cities across the country that have issued policies that specifically say um, members of the police department, fire department, and other public safety organizations cannot criticize local political leaders. It literally says that in the policy. And they're, what they're doing is it's a threat. Um, and it's it's suppressing a lot of people's statements. Um, I see it with different, um, very high-ranking police officials because they want to say something and that you will see them literally censor themselves or someone will comment and they'll say, I cannot speak on that. And it's it's specifically for that. And as far as I'm standing, um, that's the hill that I'm willing to die on. I thank you for your service, but you're right. You're absolutely right about that part of it. Yeah. I guess we're looking at it in different angles and to stay on that angle. When I had my exit interview, they brought up, I got brought up some things and they're like, yeah, we don't agree with that, but we can't say anything. Well, you're a goddamn coward. You're a leader yeah. of an organization. You know, it's wrong and you're not going to say anything. You're a fucking coward. That's fucking wrong. Because you're letting down everybody on your department because you know something's wrong and you're just going along with it. You know, that's I go back and forth on some of that when you're talking about the administration as well. I think that the the rank and file needs to do a better job of standing up and speaking out. Um, kind of like the uh, there's so many of us that they can't they can't possibly fire us all. <laughs> um, 
because like we had a situation where our our mayor was doing a lot of things that i mean he's he's murdering our police department he's tearing it to shreds and we had a chief who everybody was like the chief needs to stand up and say this and i was thinking the same thing and i remember my sergeant one night we were all we were all hot under the collar about it and he goes he can't because the second he does that he's fired and then you know what's you know what they're going to do they're going to handpick somebody that's going to do exactly what they want 100 percent of the time and him speaking up will have accomplished nothing other than maybe get him some brownie points so i i kind of get that um as when you get up that high because he you can still do some things to protect your people without you know it's a big deal if a police chief or a deputy chief comes out and does something like that it's easy for them to get shut down i think if you have like you know like in new york when uh the mayor and his wife showed up wearing jeans to a uh, a fallen police officer and they all turned their back that's something that the chief of police can't do but that's something that the rank and file can and i think that there is a distinction while it's tempting to want to level heavy criticism on high level administrators i don't think that's necessarily the right play i disagree i i you know and i could see that too like it i'm not that's not the hill i'm willing to die on but i just want maybe some food for thought you are right about that because it's more complex than that and they want to eat too right they have a family they have a pension i get that but in this i don't want to go way into left field with this, but I think part of the problem with police departments now, and and some of this is because cops in police departments fucked up in the past is I think the police department is too closely tied to the mayor's office or whoever the police department should really be an independent organization. The mayor really shouldn't, in my opinion, and I know it's a complex issue, shouldn't have a say about how the city polices because the mayor's not a cop, okay? And I again, I know that it's more complex than that. I, I, I don't want the police department to have free reign in doing whatever they're doing, but it's like a business, right? You trust your guy on, you know, if you're the CEO, you know, all right, this guy, he's in sales. This guy is my distributor or, or whatever, I trust them to do what they have to do to get shit done. And I think, you know, maybe Sheriff doesn't have so much of that because it's an elected official, but he's still got to answer to county commissioners and things like that. But I I think that is kind of the problem with a city police department is the folks that have law enforcement training. I don't know. I think it's just like this dangerous thing where if the chief is a yes man, to things that they know are obviously, obviously wrong. I think that's wrong. You know, I, I think, I don't know. And again, it's, it's a big, it's a big wide debate, but my personal standpoint is if there's something wrong and the chief doesn't stand up to it, they're complicit in it. No, to an extent, but there's also like, how far is the chief going to stand? You know, like, I don't know. It's just not that cut and dry all the time. It's not. Well, life is completely gray. Because they could also, and you know, they could also be leading a 
a low level resistance to slow the change down. And the second that they get fired, it's a tidal wave. No, that's, I mean, that's right too, but it's tough because then you get into that whole thing, which is, okay, so let's say, you know, your police department, they shit can the chief because the, the chief stood up and said, no, this is wrong. So they shit can the chief. They can't, you know, like for, you said the rank and file standing up, they can't fire you all, right? Mm-hmm. Why can't there be a movement from the rank and file? Like, fuck you guys. Now I, I get cops. I don't think cops can strike. I don't know that was where I was at. You couldn't strike, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just a tough thing. It, it, it's so, again, it's, it's a complex issue and who knows, maybe the chief, you like you said, the chief's like, well, I have to eat it here so we can do this. It's just, it sucks. That's kind of the way it is. And it, it's shitty that, you know, even though you have a, a, a chief that let's say he's even a good chief, he or she's a good chief and they have, good experience and they've been a cop i don't i don't you can stop me if i'm going too far off topic but no this is something that has been happening um and i think it's been a concerted effort in recent years is that um political the political leaders are changing city charters in a way to give them more and more and more control over the police officers and the police departments are becoming they're not a political wing because that's like an accusation that gets thrown out a lot, but definitely being well, like being used um, to fulfill campaign promises. And in the past, that didn't happen. Like I know for a fact, the city where I work, the there was a chief that was a chief for a very long period of time. Um, the mayor wanted some, the chief to do certain things with the department. And the chief said, go fuck yourself. And the mayor had to walk back over to city hall because he could not make the chief do anything that he didn't want to do. When that chief finally retired, they like the very next day, they rewrote the city charter to basically change that so that the mayor would have final say on basically all decisions. And um, from that point on, the mayor had control over the police department. And then they started, it's almost like every little thing that's added. And that's the thing that is like alarming with um, civilian review boards and a lot of this other stuff that I see is that they're taking everything out of the hands of the cops and it's no longer a law enforcement organization. It's just another political organization. And I, I saw it here very recently and there's a lot of people that couldn't see through it. Um, you know, every major city, every every major large city across the country has seen an incredible spike in violent crime. Um, you know, shootings are through the roof. Homicides are through the roof. Uh, the city where I work right now, we're a little bit behind last year's homicide record, which was an all-time record. But we're still higher than we were in 2020, which, by the way, we broke a record in 2020 as well. So, by all intents and purposes, we're having another record year for violent crime. We all know what leads violent crime. You know, these, these neighborhoods where there's rampant drug use, prostitution, gangs. This is what this is where the violent crime is. If you want to stop violent crime, you have to put people in those areas, go after the people who we know are responsible for it, and either make them feel pressure so that they can't come out, go out and commit these crimes or find reasons to get them locked up. Um, instead 
there was a task force that was put together to go after people for riding dirt bikes and four wheelers in the street. And the city passed a special ordinance that would basically make it a misdemeanor of the first degree. You could get, no, it wasn't an M1. It made it from a minor misdemeanor to an M4, which would allow them to sentence you to 30 days in jail for riding a dirt bike or a four wheeler on the street. They put together a task force with plainclothes officers, uniform officers working overtime hours, um, two helicopters, and a surveillance aircraft from the state. And they, what did they do? They wrote 11 citations, um, made like nine arrests, or no, they impounded nine bikes or 11 citations, got one gun and one little bit of F5 dope. They did all of that. And then they, the mayor had a press conference announcing that they were going to do it. And then they had announced a big press conference and a big news release when it was over saying that we are improving safety in our city by getting these dirt bikes and four wheelers off the street. Meanwhile, at the city parks, there are children getting murdered. In the last three or four days in my city, um, there's been at least three children under 10 that were shot. But let's put together a task force to go after ATVs and dirt bikes because we are not a political organization at all, right? Like we don't do that kind of thing. ATVs and dirt bikes are really what drives crime in the in communities. So <laughs> I think you need to shut the fuck up because you don't know what you're talking about. Are you even a cop? <laughs> <laughs> the uh the post that I was responding to, uh that guy who I know wrote it. Um, he started replying to me directly and I, I got it. He agreed with everything I said. He just didn't take the post down. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a dangerous thing where I, I'm thinking to myself right now, as you're talking, do we oh, need to start? Can I, fucking... can I say something I forgot to say? You dick bag. Sure. So, so what's happening is these political leaders are taking control of the police department using the police department for their own political ambitions to make themselves look good. And then they're putting out rules telling police officers, by the way, you're not allowed to talk about me publicly. That's kind of where this all wraps up into my first amendment stance. Real, real quick. And I'll kind of talk about where I was going with, as far as the first amendment stuff, as it affects me now, because I, I completely agree. It's a, it's a dangerous thing where you can't have civilians talk about the government because cops are still civilians they should be allowed to criticize the government that that's the difference between like if, if you worked at chipotle and you're like man my my manager at chipotle is a bitch if you put that on facebook yeah you're probably going to get fired mm -hmm. now i guess if you put the mayor's a bitch you probably would get fired too but if let, let me use a better example if you worked at chipotle and you said my manager doesn't do things right. They're not really good at ordering things. We never have the stuff we need. They don't schedule people right. You're probably going to get fired, right or wrong. But if you post as a cop, if you post like, hey, the city's not doing this or that and people are getting hurt and I'm not okay with how this is going, I don't agree with this, and you get fired, that is clearly in my book a First Amendment issue. Like no, no question asked. But as you were talking, I, I started thinking about me, you know, obviously I can't do shit about it, but 
maybe police chiefs do need to be elected officials. So there is this a little bit of a separation from the city because I don't like, I think that's how corruption happens. And, and I get that police need to represent their community. And I don't disagree with like the mayor having a say or, you know, everybody has to kind of get along and have kind of a same direction, but the mayor's a politician, right? Or I guess a sheriff is too. So maybe that's not a great idea either, but we need to take politics out of law enforcement. Law enforcement should be a very simple thing. And when I say that, we all know how complex the job is, but there is some gray area, obviously, but law enforcement should be keeping the community safe, enforcing the laws. Very simple. And when you take away officer discretion and you tell cops, you know, how you want them to act based on your needs as a politician, that's problematic and people are getting killed. There's there, the evidence is out there. Now to segue back to what I was talking about, as far as first amendment stuff goes is the ability to laugh at something, even if it's off color. Uh, and I just scrolled through my recent post. I didn't see anything like terrible. And I, and I generally don't like, I generally don't post stuff off color or whatever, but I've made memes about, you know, cracking a joke on a death scene or cracking a joke at a suicide or cracking a joke about somebody running and getting bit by a dog. And, and I've got those comments before specifically on the one getting bit by a dog is well, you guys just want to see people get hurt and blah, blah, blah. I can see where you're coming from. Fine. But it's a joke, right? Like don't run from the cop and you won't get bit by a dog. I could see how a police department, especially like a canine officer, like to post like that. The police department would be like, hey, that looks really bad because, you know, now people are going to say, oh, this guy purposely, you know, all his, they're going to go back through and look at all your bites to make sure, even though they were justified before, to make sure they're really justified fair or not. That's what I don't like is that you've taken a sense of humor away from the cops. People laugh about fucked up shit. It's not just cops. And yes, we have the, you know, the gallows humor or whatever. We laugh about fucking stupid shit all the time or stuff we shouldn't even laugh about, but that's not unique to cops. People laugh about shit. That's inappropriate. Facebook's filled with it. The reels I send to you, allegedly, they're not appropriate. Like they're not PC. Well, I would say they're they're probably PC. I don't even know what fucking PC means anymore. But they're they're off kilter. They're they're jokes that you probably wouldn't say in public to the people. Because it's funny. It's okay to laugh at fucking weird shit or maybe not right stuff. And I nothing's gonna change that. And if we live in a society where you can't laugh at stuff, people are gonna rebel. And I feel like maybe we're kind of at the beginning of that where people are starting to push the limits of comedy again. Mm-hmm. To rebel against it because it's stupid. It's comedy. It's satire. It's a cartoon with SpongeBob in it. That's something that Joe Rogan has touched on a lot lately too. Like the whole the whole idea that a joke is inappropriate and that you should get in trouble for it. The inappropriate part is what makes it funny. It's like you hear something and you're like, "That's not right," you know. Like there's there's an alarm bell and it, it's uncomfortable. And then the fact that you're uncomfortable is what makes it funny. So like we should be laughing about things that are inappropriate rather than 
being serious about things that are inappropriate. Like, like, um, nah, like the death calls. Yeah. If the, oh, this is such a horrible cop thing. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of calls we go on where it's horrendous. Like it's a horrendous call. And maybe we're, you know, we have a caller, by the way. Maybe we are, you know, at a scene and we say something. A, part of it is to make us feel better, even though it's horrible and awful, whatever it may be. It's just a way to deal with it. That's you know, a better way to say it than instead I could. Of, instead of just looking at this dead, mangled body, it's a better, like, I think I told the joke about, a God, I think I did, where we had a, a guy that got hit by a car twice, and the second time he got his head crushed. And, you know, the fire department's, you know, putting oxygen on him. And dude, dude's like his brain's out of his head. Dude's got the dude's dead. He's gone. And the joke was made if the fire department ran over the oxygen mask and then put it on his face, it would have fit a little bit better. Obviously, that's a horrible, horrible joke. But we just were on scene for something horrible for hours. That's how some people deal with that. Some people don't deal with it that way. But I think that is not a totally unhealthy way to deal with it. Or sometimes, and honestly, with the memes, you know, even like I was talking about the, you know, the PTSD meme I made the other day, sometimes it's nice to hear other people are going through the same thing you're going through. But then sometimes you run the risk of liking a post like that, that, you know, somebody's going to turn you in and say, hey, you're crazy kind of thing and you need help. And maybe you don't need help. You just you get it. You get where it's coming from, you know. Now, speaking of needing help, I have a young man that wants to come on the podcast and talk to us about stress and anxiety as a new cop. Should we give him some advice? <laughs> I don't know if I'm qualified, but I'll give it in my best shot. Let's do it. All right. I'm calling in now. We have Reagan, who has some uh, a question for me and Ben. What do you got for us, buddy? Hey, guys. Um, so I'm, I'm a rookie, and uh, basically I've been off uh, FTO now for approximately six months. And, I mean, I love police work. I, I did it for five years active duty in the military police, and I was, I was a traffic unit. That, that's what I absolutely loved. Um, I had some friends get out of the Army, and they joined the civilian police. And uh, they told me to, to come along. And so I did. And, you know, it, it's a it's a night and day difference. I had no idea what I was going to come in, into contact with. And, you know, there's so many aspects of it that I loved. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm younger, so I have a different way of approaching problems. And it just seems that, like, uh, I'm, I'm constantly butting heads with my sergeant. And I'm getting all these critiques of how I should be doing things. And um, their avenues of approach kind of kind of hurt me morally. And I know it's, it's just a different way to skin the cat, so to speak. But um, it, it's, it's kind of building on me. So my, I guess my question is, how should I approach different, different mindsets on how to, uh, how to deal with different situations if they don't align with how I want to you know, be a police officer. Do you have a generic example that you can give us? Sure. So uh, we have a, a very large uh, transient problem in my city. Um, and, you know, on, nightly ba on a nightly basis, I'm uh, coming into contact with them, you know, getting to know them. 
And, you know, in our city, they obviously don't want them sleeping in the public eye. They're, they're eyesores, and I get that. So my problems are my sergeant will be like, hey, go deal with these people. And after a while of me just basically telling them to, you know, find a place that, you know, they can sleep safely that night, that's kind of out of the public view. Um, I guess that temporarily solves the problem. But um, like there was a gentleman who is known in the city just for, you know, he doesn't hurt anybody, he doesn't really break any laws, he just sleeps on the sidewalk. And so I, I have to go and I have to tell him, you know, you can't sleep here, it's against city ordinance, whatnot. Um, but it, it got to the point where my sergeant was like, all right, you need to take him to jail um, because this is a constant issue and you're not going to solve it. And little did I know that, you know, everybody at the department has dealt with this person and everybody deals with them the same way. And I'm like trying to figure out other ways to to handle this. And they're they're telling me, you know, stop being the bleeding heart. Sometimes people just got to go to jail. And I mean, I can understand their perspective, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for me to, to comprehend that, you know, situations like that occur all the time and they're starting to reoccur. And, you know, it, it's starting to make me lose the, the, the passion really for, you know, why we're really out there. I, I gotta say, I'm honestly amazed that your department has time to deal with that. <laughs> first off um and not knowing where you work and i don't want to know because i don't want to get yeah. you in trouble yeah, yeah, yeah. but i it's tough because if you take him to jail what's going to happen he's going to go there overnight he's going to see a judge in the morning he's going to get bonded out he's mm -hmm. going to come out the next day and he's going to be doing the same exact thing yeah, so right. i'm not totally opposed i don't know how you feel about this ben but i'm not totally opposed to trying to find a new solution so he doesn't do it anymore Right. Um, that is, you know, you have the city ordinance, you have the way to deal with it like that. I don't know if you guys have, um, you know, shelter anywhere you can bring them and things like that, but mm -hmm. it, you know, obviously, you know, he's breaking city ordinance. You got to deal with it. And I, yeah, right. my personal preference is, you know, I, I don't think that, uh, a sidewalk is a park that you can sleep on, but I, I don't have me personally, I don't have a huge issue with trying to deal with it a different way. Where are you at so far with this, Ben? Um, well, there's a variety of things that come to mind. How roughly how large is the city that you work for? Like uh, the population, not the department. Approximately fifty thousand. Okay, so it's a small city. Right. It's shut not. Up. It's not that small. Shut up. <laughs> city fucking cop. It's. It is <laughs> no. It matters because that changes the number of resources available to people like him. Yes. Um. It, and it also changes the number of officers that he's likely to encounter um because where i am he could likely encounter 20 any one of 20 officers on a shift you know um but like one thing that i did over the years was i learned all of the different outreach places for different kinds of people um i learned about the different kinds of places where you could take people that needed drug counseling different people that needed alcohol there's there's different shelters for both those kinds of people we actually have women's shelters there's um family you know family ones all that kind of stuff um i would learn as much as i could about all those and what the criteria was to get people in mm -hmm. and people that i thought were going to be receptive i would encourage them as best i could to get them into those places sometimes right. i drive them there do that kind of thing um 
Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Now, you're, the other side of it is you're going to have these homeless people that they don't care. They're not going to do what you ask them to do regardless. They're not going to do that thing to get themselves off the street. And right. at the end of the day, they need to do it themselves. Um, it reminds me of when I was in your exact position. Um, I came off coaching and probation in uh, like December. And it was, I live in Ohio. It's cold. I mean, in that, that first winter, it was extremely cold. Like we're talking like sub-zero um, on the Fahrenheit scale. So freezing cold with like wind chills and everything. And I remember my sergeant, when I went and talked to him, when I first came to the precinct, because I work in an inner city precinct in a large city, um, he wanted to talk to me for a little bit. And when he found out that I was in the army, he was also in the army. He was basically like, you're going to be fine. Get out there and do your thing. And then... Mm-hmm. Before I got out of his office, he's he gives me this name, and I can't say the name because it's so distinctive that everyone yeah. in the city would know who I was talking about. But I'll call him Roscoe. And he goes, Oh, if you run into Roscoe, he's like, You could three, we call it could three, you arrest that motherfucker and you charge him with everything you got. And he's like, I hate him, you know. And it, so this was like this homeless person that my sergeant yeah. had been dealing with for like at least 15 years. Yeah. Um, so I go out that night and it's so cold. There's, there's literally nobody out. And, uh, I get flagged down by some homeless guy and he's a popsicle. And he once he, what did he do? Oh, I offered to, I think I found a crack stem on him or something. And I was like, Hey, if you want, I'll arrest you on this, take you to jail for the night. You'll warm up, get some food. <laughs> and he's like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm like, all right, that's, that's fine too. Um, I was like, let me take you somewhere. So I, I took him to a, um, like one of our, this is something you're not supposed to do, but like one of our public housing places where it's like mm-hmm. uh, a whole apartment complex yeah. full of like welfare recipients. Yeah. And um, they have exterior doors and, and like interior quad buildings. I was like, dude, come in here, land on the stairs, stay warm, literally don't die. You are um, such a blue falcon. I know, but <laughs> it, it gets better. Cause like, I was like, just don't die. And here's a protein bar. Um, so I did that. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm trespassed from this place. Should have been a clue, but I was a very new, very yeah. good or type officer. And I was like, I don't care if you're trespassed or not. Do you want to live or do you want to die? I was like, get in there. So he went and he slept. And when I got back to the sub at the end of the night, everyone's like, Hey, how was your first night? And I was like, Oh, it's fine. I was like, I helped some homeless guy. And I described him and the way he speaks. Um, is very distinctive and they're like son of a bitch that was that was roscoe and i was like are you serious and that so that's how i figured out who this guy was he had been through every single system that you could imagine and at one point in time because i had i dealt with him before he got run over by a car um probably seven years at one point in time we actually got called to his apartment complex because he got one of those basically like a social security disability type apartment and he, he got this apartment and he let a dope boy take it over and he got evicted. He got put back out on the street. Um, there's going to be people like that, that you're going to run into that you'll never save. You'll never fix. The only solution is to make them not a public nuisance. Mm-hmm. And when they see you right now, they see the guy that is giving them a warning every single night and they're never, you're never going to do anything to them. So they don't necessarily respect the advice that you're giving them. So you might have to go ahead and arrest him for a night yeah. or, or just hang some paper on him, give him a yeah. summons to appear in, in court in 10 days. Yeah. And then the next time you see him, he's going to, 
he's going to see you coming. He's going to get up and he's going to move, or he's not going to be there in the first place. Yeah. And you know, it's one of those things that after working for a while, it's not that you're becoming numb to it or that you don't care anymore, but you've, you've been around this enough that, you know, he's not going to change based on what you're doing now. And also what you're doing now is not, it's not mean. It's not that big a deal. Like it's part of the game for them. Yeah, dude, they, they know it, they expect it. And you're new. They know you're new. They know a new cop when they see a new cop. So don't like, don't stress about it. Like I, I don't, I honestly, I think it's honorable that you're willing to try something different out, but you're not being immoral by enforcing the law. You know, it's one of those things like, you know, I, I cut this guy a break. He's not doing what I'm telling him to do. He's in violation of a law. I have the right to arrest him. I have the right to take him in jail. It just kind of is what it is. Now, long-term, you know, it's, it's not going to be like a long-term solution, but it's just one of those things. You can only control what you can control. Like Ben was saying, you can't, you can't save everybody and you can try. Like I, I still, even when I was miserable and at the end of my career, I still would try occasionally, like try and offer that good advice to people. It's up to them to take it. It's up to them to take that leap. Now I will, I'm going to tell you a little pro gamer move though. Are you ready for this? Yeah. yeah. Drive them to a different city and drop them off. Oh my gosh. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> you can't? You're not supposed to do that? I mean, I'm not I'm not saying I, I, I haven't done that, but I I may or may not have told them to go, you know, four blocks that way to go to the county and then, you know, kind of wipe your hands clean. Um well, that's a game as old as time. My favorite thing is if somebody said they were hungry, I'd give them a couple bucks and I tell them where McDonald's was across the border, like 10 blocks yeah. in a different city. There, there's some of that going on too. I mean, you, it's kind of the tale as old as time trying to punt something to a different yeah. jurisdiction, but you can't save everybody, dude. Right. No, and, and you're going to cause yourself more heartache trying to avoid doing it the way your supervisors are telling you to do it. Yeah. Um, it's weird because it's almost like we're saying, I know you think it's immoral, but you just have to do it that way. Well, the problem is your perspective is off. Um, it, you'll, you'll come to learn. And like, I remember when I was on coaching, um, I, I was like my fourth phase coach. So I'd been on coaching for what? 16 weeks. It was almost 16 weeks into coaching. I feel like and, you say coaching every time just to drive me insane. And I also say I, re- I go to runs instead of calls. I know you're dick. And, but I say <laughs> other properly. So I got you there. Thanks, buddy. So anyway, and I, I remember we arrested this guy and he, he seemed like a decent guy. He was being really cool to us. And when we had a moment and it might have been after the run, I looked at my coach and I was like, you know what? I, I feel bad every time I arrest somebody. And I really did every single time that I, you know you're cuffing someone up and you're taking them to jail unless they were like a real raging asshole. But I don't think I really had any of those when I was on coaching. Um, you know, I was like, I, I feel bad. And I remember him, the thing that he told me is that you have to remember you're not doing this to them. They're the ones doing this. Like they put themselves in that, that situation. You're sleeping out on a business's porch every day or on the sidewalk and you're making it obvious. You, he did that to himself. And it's just, you're literally, that's just your job is to make sure that they don't do that anymore. And if they do, they continue to do it. There's repercussions and you're not the one that's doing it to them. 
Right. You're just the one that has to sign the paper. So and you can be decent why you sign the paper. Oh, that, I don't don't lose that because it, obviously the advice we're giving you is not to like be cold and callous to these yeah, people. Like yeah, you yeah. can still try and lead the person to water as you're arresting them. Right, right. Uh, and that makes a difference too. Like down the road on the street is this guy knows you're good to him and maybe he's the one that comes to your rescue. If somebody has the upper hand on you, you know, exactly. I, mean? exactly. I have a story about my first supervisor. Cause I, I saw your question when you wrote it up and it reminded me of my first sergeant. Yeah. Out of yeah. It was, it was going to lead to my, my secondary, but uh, please tell me that. And maybe that'll, that'll help. So my first sergeant, um, and, and just for context, you basically, you're kind of button heads with your new boss, right? Different, yeah. different, different styles. And I had an old crusty sergeant. He'd been on night shift forever. He fucking hated new people, but he would always <laughs> be on teams that got new people. It never made sense. Yeah. And every year he would have a, you know, a handful of rookies on his team and he would kind of take turns uh, for them being his uh, whipping boy. And I got, I got it. My friend got it. Another one of my friends got it. And he would just pick on the stupidest things. And I think, unfortunately, with some boss, and I don't know your boss, he might be great and you might suck. I don't know. But I, I know with some bosses, it's just kind of a way, I think hazing is the wrong way to say it, but I think they want to leave their imprint and they mm -hmm. want you to understand the culture of the department. Yeah, I'll, I'll be straight up and I don't care if he listens to it. I, I thought my first sergeant sucked and I think he continues to suck. And I didn't realize how much he sucked until later when I worked for better bosses. And I thought back about some of the things that, you know, I went through as a new cop. He just wasn't like a, he wasn't a good mentor. He wasn't a guy that you'd want to talk to. And and for example, it was one of my favorite stories about this guy is uh, even when I was new, I tried to stay up on case law and understand case law. Yeah. And I had this dude that was like jaywalking in the middle of a busy street at like three in the morning. I bump him up. He gives me consent to pat him down. And dude had what I could plainly feel to be a pipe. Like we all mm -hmm. know a plain feel, no, no manipulation. God knows if things have changed in the last year, but didn't manipulate. I knew right from the moment that I went over his pocket with my open hand that it was pipe. I took it out. He was right to say I should have asked consent because that's just another layer. Like, hey, can I get this out of your pocket? My sergeant was right for saying that, but he was wrong because he said, no, you couldn't have taken that out. Yes, I could. I had plain feel. And so, and, you know, this wasn't one of those things where like down the line, I was like, oh, I was wrong about that. But I just, I went back to that in my head and I was like, this guy is a fucking 25 year cop and he supervises people and he has no concept of case law. So it could be a little bit of that. And it also could be, you know, there is a generational thing where you're trying to help this guy out and, you know, maybe he sees it as a weakness or, you know, the culture of the department. So yeah. that's kind of my whole story about it, but I, I wouldn't get, down because you had one boss you're going to work for different guys over the years you know right right ben, no, you have any thoughts on that yeah i just don't want to go on for too long um <laughs> have you have you seen any of my my videos where i talk about like homeless people and the people i deal with at work no i haven't i'm sorry okay um well because it was a story that i i thought about earlier today and 
it was it was the one Lenny that I told you I had a great story I wanted to think about before or oh, I yeah, wanted to yeah, get yeah, off my mind. Yeah. Yeah, and this it. might be a good time to talk about it. Um because I want to talk about why people think or like why cops seem like dickheads when they show up sometimes and why it seems like they don't care. Um I've told a couple stories about this guy. He used to live like where I worked, we had a district car. I lived, I worked on a precinct and that precinct was divided up and I had a district that my car was assigned to. And I always worked that district. So I got to know the people that called in a lot. He was one of those people to the point he would call in sometimes four or five times a night. He was insane. Um, he also had a really, really bad crack problem. And when he was smoking crap, he got crack. He got even more insane. And, uh, he hated me because he would call about, it would always be, it would be dumb. He thought people were climbing on his roof, breaking in his garage. And he would think that, that they just ran away and I wasn't chasing after him. So he's like, you worthless, fat, donut eating motherfucker, piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. He called IA on me multiple times. Um, he, he freaking hated me. And every time I would go out to his house, instead of dealing with whatever he said, he was calling me there for. I would talk to him about getting us some help. I was like, you know, you need to go to the psych ward. You really need to get cleaned up. You need to get straight. His um, utilities all got shut off. His house was uh, foreclosed on. This was all well known. There was signs in the yard. You know, the bank had already taken over his house. And he yeah. broke back in to, <laughs> to stay there. And uh, he refused to go. And then I finally told him, because he was always calling me a donut eating piece of shit. And I was like, you know what? I ran into him at like 6.30 in the morning, right before shift change one day. And he was up to something stupid. And he was like, hey, you know, you know, I am ready to go and, or something like that. I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm not doing it right now. <clears throat> I tried to get him to go with another officer. and He wanted to go with me, which that was more of a game to him. He was trying to control me. So mm -hmm. I was like, you know, tonight when I get in, uh, the first thing I do is I'm going to drive to your house. I'll pick you up. We'll go eat donuts. But if we do that, if I do that for you, you have to go into treatment and he agreed to go. So he did to make a long story short, I ran into him two weeks ago <clears throat> and I hadn't seen him forever. He actually flagged me down on the side of the road. It was at a corner by this gas station. He's like, Ben, how you doing, man? And I, I pulled over, I got out, I gave him a hug, um, talked to him. He was 20 some months clean and sober. <clears throat> he had like all this paperwork on him to show he had his Bible verses, his coin, his, I, I don't know, all this crap that you get told me about how he was living in the sober living house and this place, that place, the other place. And, uh, I was like, you know, it's really good to talk to you. I gave him my phone number. Um, really wanted to hook up with him again in the future. I offered to buy him lunch, which he turned down, I offered to give him a ride to the other side of town where he said he was living. And he was like, Nope. He's like, I'm, totally fine. He's like, I'm going to go over here and get some food in about 10 minutes. And the buses are still running. I can hop on the bus. This guy was completely self-sufficient. He was, he made a recovery that I honestly would not have believed if I had not seen it with my own eyes. Fast forward a little bit to a run that literally happened today. It was the last run of my shift. Um, some paramedics were driving down the road and they called in like an emergency call for backup. So there was someone in the middle of the road with a brick threatening to throw at the medic. I was the first one there and it was him. I put him through, I did everything I could to get this guy off the street. And I actually did get him off the street. 
he's one of two people in my 11 year career so far that I've actually been able to get off the street and get a better life. He came back over to the side of town where I work on, found some crack about two weeks ago, right after I spoke to him and he's been doing it ever since. Damn. He's back in the exact same place. He was a little over two years ago when I quote unquote saved him. Yeah. You know, you want to talk about a kick in the nuts and, and like suppressing your will to ever do anything nice for another human being again. That's where you get it. Um, So like when these other officers and supervisors are telling you, look, just go out there, write your charge, teach them a lesson, get them off the street. And you're like, that's not going to fix it. The other thing that they're telling you without saying it is, well, whatever the hell else it is that's in your head, that's not going to fix it either. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it that that's why a lot of times when cops show up to a scene and all these other people who weren't involved and don't know what's really going on haven't spent as much time there, and the officers get out and start MFing people and screaming at them and saying, You need to move right now. Like, let's go. I'm in charge. Get the hell out of here. People are like, God, those cops were fucking dicks. Well, they haven't seen everything that we've seen and we know the most efficient way to go about our business. Right. Uh, so, you know, you, you might, you're, you're planting seeds and stuff with people, but also, you know, don't let that eat, eat you up. You know, you yeah. can look at people and say, look, I gave him this many opportunities and I gave him this many resources. He didn't take advantage of it. Now we're going this route. And I think that's where your supervisors are. Yeah. So. That's my story about that. No, I, I appreciate that perspective. You know, it, I'm so new to the game. I'm, I've got, I'm taking in so much information. I'm just trying to process, you know, cause I've got, you know, fellow officers telling me, you know, not to, not to worry about the Sarge, like you guys are saying. And uh, because they're kind of newer as well. I don't think that they also had the, you know, the experience on the road, like, like you're saying to, to even put it in, into that perspective, but you know, that does help. I appreciate that. Well, buddy, um, thanks for, uh, calling in. I, you'll be good, man. And and honestly, like it, for me, it's kind of refreshing to see somebody that cares, man. So don't, don't ever stop caring, even though you're going to see things that are going to unfortunately kind of jade you like they have for me and my uh, buddy here, but uh, keep caring, dude. You'll be good, man. Hey, just got to find it. Yep. Yeah. Stay safe out there, buddy. All right. Well, buddy, I think that was a good place to kind of wrap things up on kind of a high note. Kind of, it, it did make me feel good that there's uh, some young people out there that are in it for the right reasons, I guess. So what did we learn today, buddy? We learned pickering is not a line in the sand. It's not even a line in the sand. It's like, could be, could might not be. So uh, the first amendment is a very complex issue. Um, we learn that you shouldn't say the N-word unless you have the pass. If you have an N-word pass, then I think you're allowed to. But it has I don't to be think you're explicitly, allowed to, you don't get in trouble. You have to, well, I'm saying as a white dude, you have to have the N-word pass um, in writing um, by Ben Crump. Yes, I agree yes. with that. Uh, ben Crump, that's, that's it. Um, and then we also learned that you can't joke about things right or can right um if it's 
mildly offensive and would cause someone to chuckle out loud, that is a joke you're not allowed to tell. Okay, I got it. And I guess just for me to like kind of close something up is I don't, obviously it's good for me when there's like likes and shares and shit like that with my memes, but I would never fault anybody for thinking about where they get their money before clicking on that. I don't think I post anything horrendous, but the line, there's no line. It Five years from now, we can look at like half the memes or all the memes I made and say, ooh, yikes, that is, ooh, you are going to the, you're going to segregation for that. You are, you're going to jail for this one. So I don't know, man. It's just, it's kind of a, uh, I don't think we really had any conclusion on it, but I, I, hopefully it just kind of gives some people something to think about because there is just so much to it. And I, I also have a respect for people that are like, no, fuck it. I'm just going to roll with it. And I believe this is my God given right, which it is it's your fucking God given right to say whatever the fuck you want. But again, it's like, you know, saying, you know, you can't say fire in a movie theater. Right. I kind of look at it the same way. If that makes any sense. <laughs> Sure. I, it just reminded me the way you were saying it. I was on a run several years ago. I know we're butting up, but, but I'm in this room with these two hillbillies and the one of them's describing his neighbor who was an African-American and he's saying it, he's saying the N word with a hard R and he said it like five times. And his buddy was like, no, you can't say it like that. You'll get arrested for a hate crime. You got to say it. And he said it with the, a at the end (laughs) and and i looked at him and i was like no nothing you're saying is correct (laughs) you know (laughs) just i'm sorry remember what i said like a little while ago where i was like i look at anybody saying that word as being ignorant yeah like that's just i don't know it just doesn't no matter who's speaking that word it doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence in their um, intelligence. I yeah. guess. But don't use that word or substitute words when you're obviously trying to say the same thing. Cause you're just as much of an asshole. Yeah. Don't make you're going to get what comes to you. That's another thing is don't make up a new word for it. Cause people are going to figure it out. Just learn how to speak without being derogatory. Just, I'm just saying um, this comes from a guy that makes memes, makes fun of people, but you brought up something in, I don't want to keep you too long. Do you have another second? It won't be too long. I do. I got like seven seconds. One, two, three. Okay. <laughs> I laugh at my own jokes. So I had a comment the other day. I don't remember where it was for, I think it was a reply to a podcast and they said, Hey, I really like the podcast, but I don't like, or they didn't, if you're making fun of somebody, you know, for being, southern or redneck things i don't remember exactly but they said you don't have to use the the hillbilly voice right oh yeah i saw some of your back and forth Uh, and i i almost did a whole youtube video on it and frankly i've been busy so i didn't but i think there it's just for me it's like a way to convey something and maybe it's not fair to the southern folks but let's be honest if i start talking about this we're just gonna assume maybe who I'm referencing is, you know, hillbilly or whatever. It doesn't mean they're fucking stupid. It's just, 
it's just a way to convey something, I guess. I don't know. And maybe it is mean to the hillbillies, but I don't know. I feel like the hillbillies have a sense of humor. I could be wrong, but, but, but you're, if you're 100% like, right, the, the I was about girl. to bill you out with that. The hillbillies, yeah. they do have a sense of humor. They're a last bastion of people that were allowed to um, ignorantly clump together and make jokes about without getting canceled. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, hillbillies! So thank you, hillbillies. Thanks for your service. Thank you, very, thank you for your service. Well, the Valley Girl thing, like, oh my God, like the Valley Girl thing, like that's to be like snooty or posh or whatever. Or if I talk like this, or that was bad. That was more like Spanish. But you know, if I talk like snooty, it's to convey, you know, being a snob or something. I just like people I, who say author, author, just asshole, just. God damn it. Just fucking laugh at yourselves. Okay. Like to me, I love um, like people are like, Oh, you're way too you know mean about whatever. Like I crack jokes on myself all the time. I think it's funny. It's funny. Like, Oh, don't call yourself fat. That's so mean to you. I'm fat. If you're telling me that I'm not fat, then you're not telling me the truth and you're not a good friend. I hate to be rude about it, but yeah. I'm fat. Okay. Like, don't hide it from me like oh you're not fat no i'm a big fat piece of shit and i can't say other okay it's okay to make jokes about it like it's funny we can laugh at ourselves like i think there is a point where the bullying thing is a topic for another episode like it gets to a point where it's like all right dude that's like i got it you know what i mean i, I got it but it's okay to laugh at each other it's you know obviously like i wouldn't go up to somebody on the street and be like get enough hamburgers you don't do that, but if it's your buddy, <laughs> yeah, you crack yeah. jokes about it, you know, like, I don't know, just stop being so sensitive. And I, I think in a way, when you crack a joke, a joke, obviously not like purposely being mean, but if you crack a joke, it's kind of a way of saying like, Hey dude, I'm worried about you too. You know, like, yeah. Oh, you're having another drink. Well, in everything in moderation, it kind of depends on who your audience is, but yeah. Audience is a big part. Yes. You kind of have to remember that the um, internet is full of a lot of people who are very literal and don't have a lot of social interaction. So they might say things that they don't fully comprehend. Well, that offends me as a folk from Iowa. <laughs> I don't appreciate them literal words because I ain't learned how to read. See, now that is being That's mean for Southerners. That's pretty fucked up. But they don't know how to read. Well, I think that brings us to the stunning inclusion of the second call-in podcast, which had one call-in. I think, uh, rest in peace, the call-in podcast. Um, I'll probably play some Sarah McLaughlin over this or just imagine it so I don't get copyright infringed. But I think the, the call-in podcast might be dead. We might try it down the line again. I, it's really fun. Like I, I don't know about you. I, I really like talking to that kid. It was kind of interesting to... I don't know. I really like that shit. So, I, I actually, I really enjoy that. And I enjoyed his question because it really took me back to when I was new. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. The instant he asked that question and I w- I should have just read it, but I, I was like, Oh yeah, I've been there. I know exactly what you're talking about, dude. Uh, we all have. Um, well, I guess we're going to end it, man. So you guys know what to do. Go watch Ben's channel, go like, and subscribe because he's getting suppressed and the only suppression that we approve of is none. So go check out his channel. I was going to make a joke, but I lo- totally lost what I was going to say. I was going to say sound, like sound suppressors on firearms. Yeah, but don't you like hearing the, that's the sound of freedom. 
Don't you like the sound of freedom? I, I just think that it sounds freedom-ish when it's quieter too, maybe. Maybe it's all freedom. It is. Anytime that I fire a firearm, eagles soar overhead. So it's all freedom. But with that said, go check out his channel, Thoughts of a Patrol Officer, not of a Police Officer. And do all the things you guys do to continue to support me. Even though I'm a little bitter about the call-ins, I get it. You're a little shy. You're a cuck. It's all right. You just want to watch. I get it. Get watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but, you know, you guys have been awesome to me. I, I truly don't know why anybody listens to this. You guys are great. And I, I complained a lot about my my reach, but honestly, the podcast has been great. A lot of people listen to it. So I do love you guys. So keep doing the things you do to support this podcast and take care of the sponsors and, you know, buy some merch and all that stuff. But I haven't said this in a while, but, you know, especially with everything going on, make sure you're taking care of each other any way you can emotionally, physically, not by fucking your partner, unless, you know, you're married or something, but be married taking... to each other. I said what I said, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, you know, just make sure you guys are taking care of each other. Cause uh blue man is bad as we all know. So yeah, we got to kind of, or y'all have to kind of stick together and I'll do my best to help. So if you're a fucking leader on a police department, don't sell your guys out, even though Ben said it's okay. But with that said, remember, it's all bullshit. You don't have an N-word pass, and I love most of you. Bye-bye. <laughs>